Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Friday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. No Marshy Marsh today. Marsh is hanging out with his buddies playing like 72 rounds of golf apparently we were trying to get out the door yesterday and we're like hey marsh have fun with your friends and stuff and he started to break down how many oh, rounds yeah. of golf he's he started gonna to be break playing. down certain holes and the yeah. approach i'm like no dude i don't one You're like marsh one that's a lot of information i'm trying to go home and two i, I don't care that much i just want you to have a good time it, it's one of those things where you do care about your friends i care about him i don't know? really care about the approach shot off of the 17th right right or his fantasy football team or what he's doing with wow. MLB in the show. I'm just you don't saying. don't care about that stuff? Not really. Me neither. Okay. But I care about him. Yes. Yes. I hope he plays well. I hope he has a fun time. Now, how do you think that'll go for Marshy? Because in here's what, what I way? think. He he will come out of the gates hot at, with golf, like playing really well. But our guy Marshy, he's going to be a bit of a puddle near the end of the day. He's going to get into the beers. He already is for sure because he was uh, posted pictures like this morning 6 at like a.m. yeah how many deep do you think he is right now 19 yeah at least yeah i think 19 wait beers Anything. Yeah, 19 yeah both yes combination mm-hmm. 19 yep whatever he wants quite honestly mm-hmm. jordan walker started off the season hot too just like you're talking about uh jamie now sent down to memphis he cooled off now he's back up. The corresponding move we now know, according to Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch, is that Lars Newpar will be placed on the IL. So, Newpar to the IL, Jordan Walker up. Anthony, some would call people who have information like that newsbreakers. Yeah. Do we break S- news yesterday? Some say that there was one radio show in particular that broke that news yesterday. Who? Who would say that? We would. Anthony, the fast lane did it yesterday right here on these very airwaves. We did it. We absolutely did it. You know, I hate to pause here, but Rafe is walking down the hallway. Walking? Rafe of 105.7 The Point, the Rizzuto Show, who has been talking smack about this home run derby tomorrow for a while now. Rafe, first and foremost, how are you? It's good, to, it's good to see you, man. Thanks, boys. I'm doing good. How you guys doing, man? I'm feeling pretty good. I, although I woke up this morning, I was going to have a great day. The sun was out. Beautiful Friday. Last day of work. Yeah. And then I see a Twitter post. I have feelings too, Rafe. Hey, man. Look, I love you guys. But. But see, there's the tomorrow. Yeah, the son of a. 
you're my enemy. Okay. Well, you we gotta get understand, that. dude. I am. I've been. I went down the street here to this stretch clinic. Had him stretch me out. <laughs> I don't even know if my body's supposed to torque the way you hit a ball anymore. Right. But I'm leaving it all on the field. You're calling it a stretch clinic, are you? That's what. Yeah. That's what they. <laughs> That's what they call it. Yeah, they yeah. said uh, for legal reasons, that's what they had to call it. So Rafe, what was let's the... just say I'm pretty relaxed and yeah. ready to unwind. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. In multiple ways, I'm sure. <laughs> Rafe, what was the last time you picked up a bat? Dude, I Apart was, from yesterday. Apart from yesterday, I was telling uh, the boys yesterday morning, I, I had a AGT audition in Louisville a couple years ago. Uh clearly didn't go well i was not on america's got talent but i uh, was it was right by the louisville slugger museum so i popped in yeah. you guys ever been down there yeah i was down there he not so it. long ago my girlfriend her son had a hockey tournament we went and did the whole tour it's pretty awesome you can like get a bat and everything right? yeah it's pretty dope and they have all the bats of like your heroes you know and you can like pick them all off the wall and i was in line and i was like oh who's bad is that who's oh mickey mantle cool oh wow babe ruth oh alex rodriguez all these bats and the guy goes, check this one out. And he hands me Jackie Robinson's bat, dude. This thing was a log, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This thing had, like, I got big hands, dude. I got pork steak hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, these are meant, these are big hands, okay? These are not, these aren't hand model hands. That's my point. Yeah. And I couldn't touch my fingers around the base of the bat. And I was like, because you take the bat in the batting cage, you get the hit with the bat. And he's like, do you want to pick that one? And I was like, eh, not really. It was kind of heavy. And then I went to hand it back and noticed that there was like three generations of a black family behind me. And I was like, dude, you can't get back Jackie Robinson's bat for three generations. <laughs> no. Get no. in there and swing. I'm like, hell yeah, I want this bat. Yeah. <laughs> dude, respect like, that bat. I was swinging. It was like swinging a two by four, man. And I'm like, man, even more respect for the guys that played back then. Because I'm amazing. like, we've come a long way in bat tech. Yeah. So that was kidding. other than yesterday. That was the last time I swung. All right, bat. fair enough. There we go. Yeah. So we're all kind of on level playing field. The last time I had a bat uh, was last year at, at this home run derby, and of course there was that time we talked about it with the neighbor not too long ago. But that wasn't baseball related. That was other things. Yeah. You know, when people don't pick up their dog poop, yeah, it gets me angry. But yeah, you know. that was different. But then he took I, some cuts. Yeah, he took yeah, some cuts. Just a couple swings. Yeah. You know, I get that. Shots. That was a, that was my last last year. I haven't picked up a bat since, so this this could go very well tomorrow night. Well rested, Anthony. How are yeah. you feeling? What's, let's talk some smack on your end. How you feeling about tomorrow? Because I'm planning on. I've been talking a big game, dude. We know. We we, we heard know. we People heard learn. Us. So the our our big big boss John Kiowski stopped us in the hallway and yeah. said, "Hey, I don't know if you guys are listening to the Rizzuto show today, but learn and Rafe and we already knew." about you i mean you you've been you've been very uh public about your De- yeah. yeah disrespectful was another d word i was going to go with yeah. jamie There's but several uh, we could use a couple of yeah a couple of d words that we can use yeah. for how rafe was approaching us direct but one thing Not that one I, <laughs> direct we could throw in there too douchebag oh well yeah. you know it's in play it's in Learn. play Learn was talking smack, apparently. Yeah, dude. She yeah. says she yeah. owns all the real estate in your head, man. What the hell? Well, I was disappointed, and I was shocked, honestly, and kind of giggled, because Learn brought up the fact that I like to wear bikini bottoms and that I shouldn't. Meanwhile, she was one of the very first people, when I came back after my trip, was like, man, I really like that. In fact, she had it as her screensaver. And I'm like... Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's... Yeah, she commented on your short shorts, dude. She said you had a very, like, Magnum P.I. BDU short look well, going on. When you've got these tree trunks of legs, all shorts are tight. They're nice legs. you got a good tan. Yeah. I like where... I, good those caps. don't seem too short to me. No. Oh, solid. See, like, I feel like th- the personal attacks, although sometimes I, f- I get my feelings hurt, they should at least be valid. 
You're right. Yeah. You know? So what's going on? Is this something that you guys are just trying to pump yourself up? Uh, Burn, blow out our flame to pump up yours? Yeah. Uh, I feel I'm like we've been very dude. respectful. My normally here's my policy. In like a lamb, out like a lion. That's how I like to roll, okay? I like to come in quiet and then leave big. Can't do it on this occasion. On this occasion, I'm going the opposite way. I'm coming okay. in big, and there's a there's a good chance, dude. I yeah. might not hit a single home run, but I got to manifest what I want to happen. Yeah, yeah. So what I want to happen, what my forty, what I need my forty year old body to do is mm. perform at a twenty year old's level. So you're prepping the mind. So I'm prepping the mind, yeah. dude. You understand? Like, this isn't anything it. personal against you guys. I'm prepping my own mind to be like, look, dude, you got to go swing the lumber. You got to hit 30 dingers. It's got to happen. <laughs> right. I don't care if you blow your whole back out and they got to wheel me in here on a stretcher for the continuation of my Rizzuto contract. It'd be worth it. It'd be worth it. Yeah. yeah. It'd be yeah. worth it because... You left it out there all in the field. I left mm-hmm. it on the field. And now yeah. I got people talking trash online. Like, I've set myself up, dude. Yeah, I printed out targets. I'm putting them on the windshield of your cars, boys. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but I already hired Kirkwood Glass to come down. And I'm like, you guys are going to make a fortune because I'm the, I'm the Grim Reaper of windshields, dude. Nice. I'm coming. I'm swinging for the fences. Now, you're a righty. I'm a righty. Okay. I heard that that's a disadvantage. That's Is that true? a pretty big disadvantage. I don't want to get in your head or anything, but, boy, that wall seems really far for righties. Well, I had a couple t- off the wall last year. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Well, I can tell you this, dude. I'm swinging. I'm dipping the shoulder, and I'm going tomahawk style. I'm trying to tomahawk him out of there. there Your go. launch angle is going to be <laughs> a new high. Dude, I've been watching. I got 30 hours logged of YouTube videos of professional <laughs> softball hitters. <laughs> I haven't slept this week, man. Did they even I've have just that? been taking pre-workout. Right. And that's what I told them. Like, dude, You're doing I'm a dry. Tom- yeah, I'm coming at you dry. I'm going to dry dock some pre-workout. <laughs> Make eye contact with both you guys. One arm, pow, pow. I ain't even look. Hips, wrist, boom, coming through at the same time. Not even looking at the pitcher. I'm gonna look out of my peripheral and just make you guys watch me launch these. Okay. I'm gonna have Moon come type in the launch codes in my back, and uh-huh. then it's Moon shots, dude. Nice. All right. Now there's a good chance that none of that's gonna come to fruition. <laughs> but you believe it up here, man. Yeah. You can make it happen down here. No doubt. So we'll see. You guys look like you're in pretty good shape, though. No, no, no. I've seen you guys stand side by side. I'll be honest. Shook my confidence a little bit right now. (laughs) There's no reason. Look, with the mental approach, coupled with the 30 hours of YouTube work, coupled with your pre-workout, I don't see any reason for you not to hit 30, Rafe. I agree, man. I just can the rest of the crew keep up. I want to know this. Here's your wild card. No. Wow. Here's my here's your wild card. No one knows what Rocchio's deal is. No, we don't. We even. don't even know. I'm he's not gonna weird. lie. He's parts unknown. That guy. I fill in for this show. I write the questions for the gauntlet, and I wasn't even asked. I'm a little bit hurt wow. by that. You know what, Grant? Just wanted to throw that out. You got a good cut. Wow. I played Grant's baseball when I was younger. Yeah. What's that mean? T-ball? How young? Well, when's the last <laughs> time you played baseball? I played in college, bro. Okay, how many years ago? It's still like 40 years ago, but so what? <laughs> but it's still there. Yeah. I played like 10 years ago. It was ago. good enough to go a D3, bro. <laughs> well, no scholarship D3, baby. Walk on. D3. <laughs> Never played. I could have walked on. Truth be told, uh, Ryder, our guy here, Mike Ryder, he wasn't panicking, but kind of panicked because Kerry Davis was supposed to be a part of this, but then he had something pop up. And so we had to pivot. We didn't have BT. BT's on the call that night. For- Who was your ringer last year? Was it Kerry? 
They said somebody came in and was just landing well, shots. Well, Marsh, Marsh, Marsh did well. Marsh and BT yeah. killed it last year. Okay, they did a real good job. They both, I think, they both hit twenty or nineteen. Yeah, there were Marsh yeah. in three minutes or a whole round. Three minutes. Dang. And he's a lefty too. The lefties. Are you our only lefty? I'm a lefty. Yeah. I, have, I think I have fourteen. First. So you did great. Yeah, too. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. I heard the walls a little lower and right. Well, the wall's actually really high. There's a green monster, but it's closer. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like Fenway, where everybody thinks the green monster's so intimidating, but guys put it out of there all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what to expect with Rocchio at all. I don't know. But he was asked almost, not by default, no offense, Matt Rocchio, if you're listening right now, uh, but he was sitting right there, as he always is, and uh, so... He got the nod. You know, next man up. He just happened to be there, Grant. That's fair. I apologize. The, the last time we went into this not knowing what <laughs> some guys could do, God love them. BK and Ferrario combined for zero home runs that night. Oh, really? Was that first year? Zero. That was yeah. the first year. Okay. Only yeah. up from there, I guess. You're right. When right. it if comes Rock to substitutions. One, that's true. If Rock hits one, that's an improvement. Yeah. All right. Well, that, tomorrow night, Carson we're gonna find Field. out, dude. We're gonna find out. I mean, I am gonna reap everybody's windshield regardless, but we'll see. What Rocky owes your wild card? We don't know what to expect. I drive um, Acura SUV. <laughs> Go King ahead. Scott said one of you guys drives a little yellow Geo Metro. Which one? Oh uh, yeah. Well, that's that's Marshy. He won't be there. All right. Is that what he's driving? <laughs> <laughs> Got a little Fiero he's been hanging on to for a while. Wait a second. Red Fiero. Yeah. Wait a second. All right, Rafe, we'll see your ass tomorrow. All right, all right. boys, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Go do your pre-workout. love and warm. I'm going to go start dry docking pre-workout right now. <laughs> there boy. Go, That's luck. Rafe. 105.7 The Point, our sister station. <laughs> we'll see him tomorrow night at Car Shield Field. It's the O'Fallon Hoots hosting the Fastlane versus the Rizzuto Show Home Run Derby. It's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling and Complete Auto Body and Repair. There will be a fast pitch MLB Home Run Derby as well, featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Scott Spezio, and Bohard. General admission tickets are now on sale for 15 bucks. But that is true. Lauren was talking a lot of smack, apparently. Yeah. Trying to get into our heads. The fact that she likes me in a Speedo is fine with me. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The fact that it's her screensaver is a little disturbing. I'm sure her husband doesn't like it, or maybe does. I don't know. It's on her phone, too. I know. It's it's the lock screen on her phone. Not even hiding it. No, at this point. I don't blame her. All right, let's get into Jordan Walker now. Jordan Walker comes up for how long, and will it be different than his first stint at the big league level? That's next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolzer. You got Jordan Walker coming up. He will be in the series for Pittsburgh. Lars Newbar was the corresponding move. We knew uh, one move was going to be made, Jamie. And Are you that's, surprised that's, that's, that that's the move? Not really. because I if, am a little bit because, I mean, it, it means nothing, right? It doesn't mean that Jordan Walker will only be here for the 10-day IL. We're retroactive maybe a week, right? Right. I just thought that it was time for Tyler O'Neill to go long-term at this point. Like, if he's not showing any progress, not showing any whatever, like, just, okay, bud, go. And now we got a guy, we're bringing up a young guy. Sometimes, as a manager, I feel like that might fuel the current player Mm -hmm. to 
be put on the IL where you you can't. You're unable now to come back. And we have Wally Pip that we just brought up. Good luck. Oh, my goodness. That horn was louder than usual. Right in my ear holes. Grant, you put that horn right right into Jamie's ear hole. As yeah, close was, as I could. Yeah. That was pretty horny, like loud. Yep. Like loud. That's what I do. Sounds loud now. I like it. All right, I'm not prepared. I don't have paper. Okay. I don't have pen. Anthony, how are you not prepared? It's a mess today. How many, how many years have you mess. been doing this? For real. Uh, oh, Eleven. Act like you've been there before. Eleven in March. I got one. There's Thank a pen. You. I got one. Thank oh, you. Oh, now he has one. All right. All right, Tonight, who, who we got on the bump? I, I haven't been paying attention because it's been like a week off for the Cardinals. Uh, Roansi Contreras, oh, who's a right-hander. Willie's brother. No. That's William, who plays for Milwaukee. Yeah, they got several in the family. No. Jack Flaherty. You don't know that. We'll take them on for the Cardinals. All right, here we go. Lars. Oh, wait a minute. He's hurt, right? Dang. I think it's Donovan. This is uh, our guy, Donny Boy. Show us, Brendan. Donovan. All right, way to go, Donnie. Yeah, there we go. I was about to say, Grant, Grant, we need that bell. That's okay. He got there. Grant, we're going to need that bell. All right. It's uh, validation for everything that we do in life. This has got to be our guy, right? My turn here? Yes, sir. Okay, show us. Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. This Jamie, is my, this is another. This is this my other guy? This is your other guy. All right. Uh, this is a no-brainer at this point, especially with a right-handed pitcher. And this guy here, he's been a little bit uh, quiet lately. Got a couple of days rest. The young moose, not Michaelis, but this kid's a big boy. Show me. Nolan Gorman. Storm and Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Yes. Uh, Anthony, you can have this one. Thank you, Jamie. Grant, why don't you go ahead and show us. Nolan Arenado. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. All right, so with this guy's brother on the bump for the ah, Pirates. His brother. You don't know that. I do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Show me Big Willie Contreras. Wilson! 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 All right, so that's that winds up being the, the five kind of layups. That's our copy and paste here with yeah. right-handed pitching. Even with new bar out. So yep. the sixth spot has been a revolving door. Yes. With a right-hander on the bump, I think this would be Alec Burleson. That would be my guess. That early in the order? Yes. Wow. Because I think he keeps DeYoung at seven, and I don't think he drops Burleson eight. So let's ask this question. Where does he drop Walker? Eight. Okay. That's where he was hitting before. Okay. So if, if he's hitting in the eighth spot, who's our nine? Tommy Edmond? Tommy Edmund. Okay, so trying to reverse engineer this a little bit. So then, yes, Anthony, I think you're right. I think this is this is my favorite sounder, too, by the way. Well, I don't know. There's a tie for first on this one, but this is certainly one of them. Show us. Malik Burleson. Oh, Burley. You're so rugged and manly. <laughs> that is so awesome. <laughs> Weird. It's so good, though, Anthony. All right. I think this is forever DeYoung. It's got <laughs> And a shout-out. We have got to do this. We have got to give a shout-out to one of our listeners, Robert. I, yeah. won't share, I won't share his last name just in case he doesn't want it. Yeah. Robert <laughs> tweeted at 
me, Jamie, and Marsh put together a video with the song Forever Young. A different version. A like- different version. But had but but also inserted the the like the D ahead of or the DeYoung ahead of for, uh, forever. Oh yeah, the video's awesome. And he's got our heads photoshopped in there, John Mosaylock, and it is really something to behold. Robert put a lot of work into this, yeah. and we appreciate it. That was we a sure great do. job. Go All ahead, right. Anthony. Uh, show us Paul Forever DeYoung. <laughs> <laughs> the King has returned. <laughs> I just love it. I just love it. All right. This is Walker. Show me. Jordan Walker. Walk it like I talk it. Talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it. Walk it like I talk it. Yes. I'm glad that's back. Really? I know. That's almost our body. Yaddy, yaddy. Almost. Grant. Joe's Tommy boy. But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, to get this place going. Anthony, that's a walk-off. That's a walk-off. That's the first victory of many for the fast lane this weekend. You know what, though? The two days off paid off. We got rested. We recalibrated. We locked in. Yeah. This is a sign of great things to come here today. Yeah. Grant, run it. All right. We've got Brendan Donovan leading off in left field. Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Nolan Gorman at second base. Nolan Arenado. Nice. At third base. Wilson Contreras behind the dish. Alec Burleson, the DH. Paul DeYoung at shortstop. Jordan Walker in right. And Tommy Edmond in center field. Back, 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 back. Go fair! Go fair! I don't believe what I just saw. Home run. All right, Grant, you're our. You're our honorary fill-in today for Marshy. I think you should go first. Who's your home run call? I'm all about the storyline tonight. Jordan Walker. Okay. Home run in his first game back. Nice. That's who I've got. I don't hate it. I don't, I don't hate, hate it either. It. All right, so Jordan Walker. It's our guy, Grant Francis. Okay. Anthony, who's next? You. Me? Well, you're going to find this to be a surprise. Okay? I don't go with this guy very often. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with a right-handed pitcher on the bump and the fact that inside knowledge from his brother on your team. Nope, not his brother. Uh, Nolan Gorman. Going to get the donger today. You never go with him, huh? No. I never. never. The listeners know that. Jamie, good luck with him. It's done pretty well for you this year. What? I'm going to go with Paul DeYoung. Forever. After that, after that video that uh, that our guy put together, Robert put together, I gotta go with DeYoung. So All right. I think he hits a home run. Gotta be the first one though. Yeah, so that's our home run in call. The order, Anthony. I don't like your strategy, but yeah, you know, it's fine. You didn't say anything to Grant. Walker's eighth. No, nah, well, Grant's you know he's. he's I'm the guest. You gotta yeah, be nice guest. to your guest, Anthony. He was really confident. He was excited about Jordan Walker. I just want to pee on his parade. Wouldn't you be nice to everybody? Not just guess, like no. everybody lift everybody up. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be fake, Anthony. If you're asking me to be fake, I'm not gonna do it. That's so a good spin rate. If you're expecting that. me to just be fake to you, uh-huh. if that's what you expect out of your friends, fine. But that's not how I roll with my friends. Okay. And if I don't like what you say or what you do, or if I think it's dumb, I will tell you. Well, you are locked in today. I you're love welcome. it. Jordan Walker talk next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cardinals Pirates tonight, 6.05 PNC Park. Contreras versus Flaherty and Jordan Walker is going to be. Are going to get to that finally? What? Jordan Walker? Yeah, we're going to get to <laughs> We had Rafe on. That's the ultimate tease. Anybody who's still been listening since the start of the show, like, hey, would you just get to Walker? Yeah. Sorry. Well, guess what? Merry Christmas. It's here. Here we go. So Jordan Walker officially back in the majors, replacing the injured Lars Newbar, who was placed on the 10-day IL. 21-year-old has been red hot lately in AAA, Jamie, batting 292, 14 for 48, with three home runs across his last 12 games. It, you know, when he got sent down, it was dis- disappointing. But I think if you took, took a step back and you understood what the Cardinals were trying to get get him to do, and if, if you realize he's not going to be able to work on that at the big league level while also trying to win games, you send him down there. Send him down to Memphis, allow him to maybe correct some of the things that they're seeing. Now, it also appeared, based on Jordan Walker's comments, Jamie, that he went down, struggled, and then started to go back to the things that brought him to the big league level. Now, maybe it's a combination of him kind of unlock, re, you know, unlocking his power again, maybe straightened out something that was causing him to beat the ball into the ground consistently when he was at the big league level. Either way, he's on a tear again, and I hope now that he's up, he never goes back down again. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Look, it's a young kid. This is what I don't understand about some fans or even people that surround sports. Why do you not embrace the young player going up and down from the minors? And that's not everybody. Some people understand that it's a necessary thing that has to happen. As a young player, I never wanted it to happen. I thought, my God, that's that, that's terrible. That's What a, a demotion? What a slap in the face. Yeah. I thought I was just going to play in the NHL right away forever. There's reasons behind it. There's reasons. And so for Jordan Walker to go down, come up, if he goes back down again, who cares? Bring him back up. Like, it's a process. 
This is first year AAA baseball. It's not like he's been sitting there for a year and a half to two years. Yeah. He's going to learn things. He's going to have setbacks. He's going to have great moments. He's going to have bad moments. He's going to be great in the outfield. He's going to be terrible in the outfield. Like all of these things go with having a young player that you're developing. So I don't worry about that. Um, and as far as him staying here the rest of the year, I hope he stays here on merit. I hope it's not just because they're like, well, we don't want to mess with his confidence or things like that. We want him to perform very well. So I look at it that way. And as far as him right now, whenever you get sent down, it's difficult. The, the, the thought process is I'm a failure. And so Jordan Walker, although he's a very mature individual, he's a human being. And when he struggled here at the major league level just before his demotion, and the team struggled mightily the whole time, pretty much, you take that personal. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're part of the problem. Then you feel like you're a failure because you got sent down. So the process that whatever it is you're supposed to go through at that point, it almost takes a back seat. Because the first week to 10 days that you're there, the managers and yourself and your teammates are trying to get you back to where you were as far as being excited to play the game of baseball. Excited to be back at work. You know, like, don't worry about it. And that's the best advice I ever got was from Basil McRae. Here, a tough guy with the Blues for many years. And Basil was was a uh, an unbelievable veteran player. And when I got sent down, I was pissed. I was wearing it. Like, not, like, angry. Like, I was, like, in blank you mode. And Basil grabbed me. He pulled me aside and he said, listen, kid, there's two ways to go about this. One, you go down and you take that anger that you've got and you play so damn good that they're forced to call you back up here. He says, or two, you take that anger, you go down, you pout, and you play angry, and you do all these things, and you stay there for the rest of the year. And then maybe beyond that. He says, so there's two ways to handle it. I really absorbed that. I went down, worked my ass off, and then, you know, I was up and down, whatever, but I, I was always right there. Yep. And it's off of that great advice that I got. So for Jordan Walker, you get sent down no matter how mature, how positive you are about the game, how much you think that you're right there, there's doubt. There's that anger. There's that failure. There's that depression. Boom. Week to 10 days later, he started to turn it around. Two weeks in, he started turning, and now he's back to where he was. Now he'll never go back to that point. Mm -hmm. So even if he gets sent back down to the minors, he won't go back to the woe is me. Because he'll understand that the process, doing it the right way, gets him back to the majors. And now he'll have that life experience for this game right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he goes three for three or four for four and goes yabo, although I hope he does for your sake, Grant. Um I don't say that. But sucks that it came right after DeYoung's home run, but nonetheless, it's a good call. It sucks that DeYoung came after Gorman. But anyways, I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to help him in his development, and I think that the long term, it was, an, it was a necessary. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said before that it, it really struck me because I think we as human beings, we only look at you. Let me, let me mention first what you said. You said, uh, why, why are we so against a player in this case, riding the Memphis shuttle back and forth. Not all the time, but at least at least once initially. Why are we so upset about this? Why is it such like this big, massive failure for either Walker or the Cardinals organization or whoever? And I think that's because we as human beings, we only tend to look at the exceptional or the absolute worst. Yeah, there's no in-between. There's no in-between. And headlines are made because of the exceptionally great or the exceptionally bad. Most of us live right there in that we don't want to be average. You want to aspire to be more. 
But in this case with Jordan Walker, there are much more cases of a player needing to figure out some things at 21 years old going back, you know, down to the – we talked to Matt Holliday yesterday. A little bit more of a slower process for Matt when he was in the minors. But this is somebody that didn't come up immediately and start producing at a tw- you know at 20 or 21. But who do we talk about? We talk about the Juan Sotos and the Ronald Acunas. Of course, because they're the exception. That's why we talk about them. Yes. Because there's not many of them. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think we are jacked up a little bit when we tend to use the metric as Juan Soto – Ronald Acuna, or the worst baseball players ever to don a uniform. And because Walker got sent down, and I'm being, obviously I'm, I'm using an extreme example, mm-hmm. but because Jordan Walker went down, it's like, he'll never be Soto, he'll never be Acuna, might as well put him in that dog bleep pile. <laughs> no, this is part of the process. So we get a great text here to the Air Comfort Service text line. That number to be a part of the show at any point of the day is 314-399-9646 from the 618. Jamie, I respect your take. But I think with fans, it's the fact that the Cardinals said they would stick with him through adversity and didn't stick with him. They sent him down once they had adversity, once he had adversity. So let me let me answer this for you. Being sent down is adversity. That's adversity. Let's see how he responds. So that's one part of it. Part two is the way the Cardinals were losing was not positive. It was not a great environment. You had star players not performing. You had pitchers that couldn't find the strike zone, couldn't get anybody out. The clubhouse at that point, it's not it's no longer Jordan Walker's adversity. He is surrounded by everybody else's adversity. And to a young player, that becomes um, a lot to carry because you're supposed to be this big savior. You're supposed to be this guy who made the team out of spring training. You're not hitting the ball well right now. So now you feel like they're all mad at you too. Best to get the young players out of the room while the veterans and the managers figure this crap out. And once they figure it out, then you can use that adversity of being sent down to the minors and refinding your swing and whatever, bring it back to the majors, and hopefully this is the best version of Jordan Walker you get, along with a Cardinals team that is playing much better baseball. So that's why I don't mind the Cardinals sending him down after they said, we like the way he deals with adversity. They never said, we'll never send him down again. They never said he'll never play AAA ball. They said, we like the way he handles adversity. And what he did is he proved them right. Because he went down there, struggled a little bit, refound his game, powered through adversity, and he's back here. So quite honestly, Jordan Walker proved the Cardinals right. I love your take about the, the being in an environment where you've got veteran players trying to figure it out in April, let alone a young kid who's 20 at the time, 21 now, also trying to figure out major league pitching for the first time on a, on a team that's losing with high expectations. I, I think that's a great take. Can you if, you, if you don't mind, can you read that text one more time? Because I want to make sure I get his words right. It says, Jamie, I respect your take. But I think with fans, it's the fact that the Cardinals said they would stick with him through the adversity and then didn't stick with that. They sent him down once once he had adversity. I, I understand your, your, your statement there, and I'm not trolling. I'm just offering another perspective here. They never said that they're, they're not going to send him down. One of the reasons why Ali told 
Jordan Walker that he made the team. One of the reasons he liked Jordan Walker's approach is that he had been struggling and he battled through adversity. I don't remember, and, and I could be wrong on this, I don't remember anybody in the Cardinals saying, we're not going to send him down. No, they would have never said that. They Ever. said they said they liked his him battling through adversity, and it's one of the reasons why they decided to put him on the big league roster. To let him break camp with the team. Yes. If that's the reward. So I, I, I get I get the I was frustrated too when they sent him down. I was it's frustrated. The environment, too. Anthony, I can tell you what becomes toxic. But it, it makes becomes sense. toxic because the young guy you're sitting there, you need help. You need help. You're going through some struggles. You're reaching out. You want the veterans to help you. It's not that they don't like you. They don't have time for you. They've got their own struggles right now. They're trying to figure stuff out. And a young guy like him getting used to major league pitching, what's the best resource? Talking to your pitchers, talking to the catchers. We knew we know now that that was probably not an option. There's a catcher situation that was going on at that point in time. The pitchers were trying to figure out their own stuff, let alone giving a young Jordan Walker the pre-scout on a guy or how a pitch sequence might go. Mm-hmm. They're sitting there trying to figure out their own pitch sequence and their own location problems. Not a great environment. The best thing the Cardinals did was send him down to where he can get some work, get some positivity back, and find his game. And if he does find his game, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch over these next couple of months. Yeah, that's for sure. Some fun. He's in the lineup tonight. Jordan Walker will bat eighth as the Cardinals open up a new series against the Pirates at PNC Park. We have Brad Thompson coming up at 3.30. He's going to join us for two segments. He'll be on the call tonight with Chip Carey of Valley Sports Midwest. So we'll talk to BT about Jordan Walker coming back up, some of the Cardinals' angles for this weekend. Uh, we'll talk to him about the pitching matchups. But we have What's Trending coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fastlane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher. Time for what's trending in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltz, our guy Grant Francis is pinch hitting today for Marshy. So, Grant, what do you got for us? Yeah, guys, NBA Finals game one last night between the Nuggets and the Heat. Nuggets seem to run away with that one a little bit. Was that sort of what you guys were expecting out of this matchup? And what do you guys think for the rest of the series here? That's I was what I not expected. A, yeah, Jamie was, <laughs> Jamie's been on the Nuggets. Marsh has been on the Nuggets. Uh, hey. I, you have. You're all over those Nuggets. True. I'm, I like, I like him. I like the Heat. Good team. I like Jimmy Buckets. One thing about one thing about Jimmy Butler, he's he's got grit, and everybody on that team kind of morphs into him, right? They yeah, well, they take on points rather than grit. Anthony. They take on his. I'm just gonna ignore you, all right? Because I know you like Jimmy Buckets too. I do, just not in this series. That's fine. There's no quit in this team, all right? Yeah. There's no quit. We'll find out. 
There's no there's no Q in heat. All right? Q for quit. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. There's uh, no U. There's no I in heat. There isn't my answer. Unfortunately, there's there's a T, but yeah. you get what I'm saying. Uh they're outmatched, man. That's it, the bottom line. It would also help if they got to the free free throw line. That'd be nice. Didn't yeah. they only have like two? two. Yeah. They had, they had two free throw shots. You know what that tells me, Anthony? They're not being aggressive. They're not getting through. They're not penetrating. They're not being aggressive at all. You got to get in there. You got to bang down low in the paint. You got to get aggressive. You got to drive in there. Otherwise, you're not going to get those free throws. No, you're right. But that's not the heat anyways. I mean, they, they, they I thought they played uncharacteristically uh, last night. The Heat? Yeah. I think they played, honestly, intimidated. And I don't mean... They nope, didn't hear play me intimidated. Hear me out. The hell out of here. No, you just settle down for a second. I don't mean physically intimidated, Anthony. They played like a team that felt like they were going to have to be perfect or they're outmatched. And what happens then is you play tentatively. That's what happens when you don't create offense, when you're not driving the middle of the, the floor, getting to the paint. You're playing tentatively because you're trying to play cautiously because you're worried about the other team more than worrying about putting the, the pressure on them. That's what I meant by that, Anthony. You've had a really good show up to, up until this point. The Heat are intimidated by anything. Not you, not Nikola Jok- Jokic. Well, they're intimidated by the Nuggets losing by 11. I'll tell you that much. Okay. So... I like your stance, but we'll see about this. Somewhat embarrassing at this point. All right, let's go to the Stanley Cup finals here, which starts tomorrow. Uh, A Vegas strip club has offered the Vegas Golden Knights free lap dances for life if they win the Stanley Cup. I saw that. I asked him if I could become part of the alumni. Said no. (laughs) Um, It's too bad. You're an alumni of the Panthers. That's a good point. Too bad they didn't have something like this going on in Sunrise, Florida. Probably more closer to south beach probably so i hear mm-hmm. um but yeah it would be great for both teams to uh embrace this situation uh yeah i think it I, can we say the name of the place on the air are we allowed to do that or it's yeah, not I, a, it's not a vulgar word and we're not getting no it's not like we're getting uh anything out of it so it's larry flint's hustler club huh classy establishment <laughs> in vegas um they've offered lap dances for life for these guys i don't know if they're gonna want them um but uh, it is a nice perk. Hey, it's I there, guess. you know. It's yeah. there. It's there for these guys. Wonder if they get like a special card that they just walk in and show the card, and they just—it's called their license. Sit there and like I'm Alex Petrangelo. Have their jeans grinded off them. Yeah. Or something like that. Well, that's—I mean, yeah, it's a lap dance, Anthony. But they might not be wearing jeans. Is what I'm saying. What could the Miami? Not by the time we're done. <laughs> What could the Miami area? Jorts by then. <laughs> what could the Miami area offer up to combat this to give their players oh some motivation? God. Grant, just that probably. Yeah. You know, oh. like like Jamie said, find a nice establishment in the South Beach. South Beach is just rocking yeah. with places. So I hear they um, the the Fontaine Blue, the hotel down there has got an incredible resort there you can offer these guys a week or they used, wow. to have a, they used to have a bar called mangoes yeah you've been there a couple of times anthony yeah a classy place mm-hmm. i'm glad you brought it up so you know maybe i don't know uh, a couple of free meals at mangoes you could i mean buffet is excellent mm-hmm. that'll be just as motivating i'm sure um <laughs> 
the Oakland A's are bad, like really bad. Yeah. Um, I saw something on The Athletic earlier today that said that they're currently on a pace for a negative 545 run differential. <laughs> and oh, wow. Before serious? before their series with That's the possible no, before the series with the Braves where they took two of three somehow yeah they were on pace to be a hundred games below five hundred at the end wow. of the season so what's the record didn't the Tigers in the early two thousands don't they have the record actually it was like the Cleveland Spiders who won twenty games in like eighteen ninety nine okay so like schoolboy Row was a, the yeah. playing second base for they them they are on pace to have the worst record since like nineteen hundred wow is that yeah. bad. I would say so. That's a minor league team. It's embarrassing. It, well, they the, don't even want to be good, Anthony. No, you're right. The Oakland A's are the are baseball's version of the Arizona Coyotes. It's it's embarrassing. The league has got to do something about it. I don't know if the A's go to Vegas and things change. It's going to be the same ownership this. group. So that's the problem, though. That's the problem, and we know it. And this will be the frustrating things for Oakland A's fans is that team is going to change and move over to Vegas and watch what happens. I'm telling you, even though it's the same ownership group, they're going to have access to more money, bigger sponsorship dollars, the casinos, all that stuff. They're going to get just showered with money, and the owners are going to spend it. They're going to want to, with the Vegas Golden Knights having the success that they've had, now the Vegas Raiders, an average team last year, but still not a losing, like a terrible team. Yeah. They can't go in there and embarrass themselves. They cannot go in there and put this product on the field. So maybe this has been part of the strategy for the last couple of years is just banking, banking, banking money, mm -hmm. and then they're going to spend it. I feel like you have to. Can you imagine going into Vegas and being this? No. Your product will not – people will be like, yeah, we're out. Right. Why? Because we got the Golden Knights that are competing every year in the playoffs. Yeah. And or, the Raiders, and the just, Raiders who are at least acting to try. Well, one of the biggest uh, well-known franchises in the history of the NFL, the Raiders. Right. So it's something worth going to. The Vegas A's or Aces or whatever the hell they're going to be called – They'd be like, well, what is that? Triple A ball? Right. No, well, you, you're going to need some big names on that team to draw in the initial crowd of people to fall in love with it. Yeah. And you better be competitive. I don't mean like make the playoffs, but be a you know a good 85 win team type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, Otani probably. Otani's probably the first Anthony, guy. I'm telling you what, it's not out of play. It's not. Shohei Otani could print money playing in Vegas. Or anywhere, for that matter, probably. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. the opportunities but especially, are huge yeah. there. All right, that's what's trending in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Again, we got Brad Thompson coming up at 3.30 and 3.45. One of the questions we may ask him is one that we're going to kind of dive into right now. Can Steven Matz be salvaged as a reliever? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 302, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Steven Matz, as we know, he had his spot in the rotation skipped last week, and Matthew Libertor earned his second start. And Matthew Libertor is in line to make another start, and I hope he stays in the rotation, Jamie. I don't think all is lost either with Steven Matz. Now, I do agree with your take that you made earlier this week that Steven Matz will likely get another spot, another shot in the rotation. Oh, yeah. Starting staffs, you got injuries. You got injuries that pop up. You have 
obviously bad performances that that creep up. Maybe Matthew. I hope he stays, but maybe Matthew Libertor suffers a couple of bad starts and Matt's gets another crack. I'm again. I'm hoping not only for right now, but also in the future, because the Cardinals are going to need good young starting pitching to emerge. I hope that Matthew Libertor is an absolute stud for the rest of the year. But it doesn't mean that Steven Matz is a is a complete waste. And I wonder, Jamie, if his stuff will start to play better as a reliever. Now, it's going to be a pretty expensive reliever, but it's not our money. DeWitt can come to terms with that. But I think that Steven Matz could actually be a pretty decent reliever, a lefty out of the pen, gives his team another look, and perhaps it'll allow the Cardinals and John Mozeliak to really focus in on starters and not have a need for a, a starter or two and a reliever at the deadline because you're really you could because your your bullpen is gassed. Yeah, so here's the way I look at it is Steven Matz will absolutely get another chance to start. Don't know what the situation is. It presents itself, whether it's a doubleheader and they want to just get an extra arm for that day or if it's an injury to somebody or underperformance. I don't necessarily think that Steven Matz going back to the rotation, even for a spot start, will be directly related to Matthew Libertor struggling. I don't necessarily think the two go hand in hand. I know it's easy to make that comparison because lefty, lefty. Yeah. You know, hey, well, I don't think that that has to be the case. I think that if anybody else suffers an injury or blows up, their ERA is whatever, Stephen Matz will get an opportunity. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, his stuff played pretty good the other night out of the bullpen. What do you have, four strikeouts? Three or four yeah. strikeouts? It's pretty impressive. It really is. I mean, when you're getting a short span of time to do it and getting that those kind of results, you'll take it. So the Cardinals, as an organization, like it or hate it, and most of you hate it, will play the contract at some point. You have $44 million invested in this player. You didn't get anything out of him last year because of injury. You're not getting anything out of him right now because of performance. At some point, you have to feel like you're getting something out of your investment. So, therefore, you're going to throw that idea back in the hopper every now and then. And we'll see. If Steven, look at the best case scenario is Steven Matz retools his game, finds his pitching, and comes back and is really good. Mm-hmm. That's the best case scenario. That's what you want. Because if that is the case, you got a pitcher at a pretty good price then. If it's not the case, you have a reliever that's way overpriced. It's amazing how that works, right? Yeah. So, if you're a Cardinals fan, you should be hoping that Steven Matz pitches well again so that he goes back to the rotation at a very good price and now money can be allocated maybe somewhere else mm-hmm. as you pick up guys from at the deadline or whatever. So we'll see how that works. Uh, it is interesting, though, right now the way things set up because you don't have sure things. You've got Miles Michaelis. And Jordan Montgomery. Jordan mm. Montgomery's had a few question marks here lately. He had, I think he's going to rebound. So let me rephrase it. I shouldn't rephrase it. Let me just no, clarify. Right. Yeah. He hasn't been great lately, but I'm I'm okay with whatever Jordan Montgomery is, as long as you know he rediscovers whatever. Jack Flaherty? If Jack Flaherty comes out tonight and shoves, as a fan, you actually have to start to look at it very positively. That'll make three out of four good starts, his last four starts, if he pitches well tonight. Yeah. And the two starts that he's had out of his last three that were good were really good. Mm-hmm. 
So if you get another game like that, and I start to okay, I can take this version of Jack Flaherty. Every pitcher is going to have a day where things go sideways. So if he shoves again tonight, I'm happy. So now you got three guys at least in your rotation. After that, Adam Wainwright, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for Adam Wainwright. I hope it's as positive as he thinks it's going to be. Talking about getting on a streak, pitching really well. Great. That's exactly what I want for Adam Wainwright. It's exactly what I want for the Cardinals. Would I bet on it today? No. No, I wouldn't bet on it. Not because I don't want him to be successful. I just think it'd be like, it's too risky with my money. I wouldn't bet on him. Mm-hmm. As far as this, a lot of other things I'd bet on Adam Wainwright. I mean, God, the guy's Cardinals. God. Yeah. You know? Installing gardens. So then it comes Things down like to that. the last spot in the rotation. He is a very good gardener. Green thumb. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the problem. Anyways, um, he uh, the last spot in the rotation, I don't know. It's up for grabs. We'll see. I don't know how you feel about the Flaherty conversation, but I'm so sick and tired of the – it was fine in the offseason. And I know we've had, we had it too, okay? I'm not being hypocritical here. But now that we are – how many starts has Jack Flaherty made? Six or so? Seven? What is Jack Flaherty up to now? Oh, it's Still be, holding? I think it's eight or nine. Oh, God, it? he's at 11. I was way off. So 11. So was I. Don't feel bad. My math usually is. I'm done with the conversation of can he revert back to such and such so, so that he could be the ace. You don't have an ace. Let's just remove that from the conversation. The Cardinals do not have an ace. An a- You know what an ace is. There's no questions. When a team has an ace... You just know he has it. It's it's like it's like walking, you know, it's like meeting a person f- for the first time and within an hour you're like the person's got confidence. Doesn't need to tell you as confidence. You just, you just know. Yeah. You know when you have an ace. You know when you have somebody that could shove for 9 innings every 5 days and the bullpen can take a day off. And it doesn't matter how many runs you you score. The offense could pretty much take the day off outside of giving you a one, and you could still win that game. That's an ace. I think the Cardinals have their version. They have a best pitcher. Their best pitcher is Miles Michaelis. They have a very consistent Jordan Montgomery, who, as you noted, he's taken a step back recently. I think he'll correct himself. All Jordan Montgomery has been throughout his career is consistent. Guy that can typically eat innings, Keep the ball in the yard. Keep the ball on the ground. Not a high strikeout guy. Give your give your team a chance to win. That's who Jordan Montgomery is. Montgomery is a perfect three. Jack Flaherty's a wild card. But Jack Flaherty, this version, as you mentioned, has been very good of late. And I wouldn't be shocked if he went out tonight and shoved. But this conversation about, oh, maybe he can then turn into the... No, they have to find an ace. Whether they develop him through the, rota- through the farm system, excuse me, or they get him in a trade... The Cardinals need to find an ace. I don't know if I agree with you. Well, you're drunk again. Uh, well, ordinarily. Sorry, that was harsh. Ordinarily, that would be in play, especially on a Friday, but not today. Um, Jack Flaherty pitching the way he is right now, making him a number two-ish pitcher. I don't know if you need an ace. Think about this for a second. If Jack Flaherty's giving you what he can give you right now, Miles Michaelis continues to give you what he is doing currently. 
Jordan Montgomery goes back to what we believe is truly Jordan Montgomery, that's a pretty solid three. If you added a two or a three from another team, you're okay. You're going to be okay. But the key here is that Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, and Miles Michaelis have to be consistently what you need them to be. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, no, look, I know what you're going to say. Oh, I would rather have an ace. No. I almost said something there. No crap, Anthony. I get it. But if you can't, there is no ace except for Shohei Otani out there. So if you can't get Shohei, wouldn't it be easier to have Jack Flaherty pitch like a number two, Miles like a number two, Montgomery like a two or a three, and then you add a two or a three? Now at least you have a solid pitching rotation. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the number five, if it's Wayno, Libertor, Mats, I don't know. But would you be okay with that, ultimately knowing the landscape of aces out there? I would be okay with that, the, everything that you laid out, for the Cardinals still winning the division. I would be okay with that for the Cardinals winning the division with the ex- expectation that they're going to get bounced in the first round again. I'm not trying to be. I'm not Why? trying to be snarky. Why? Because so you, then, who the hell are we going to get, Anthony? You Since need. He, you need to find. You find need to what? find that guy. Find what? This is. What, I'm not just. This isn't just a conversation know, for the here for and, you and all the listeners to just say, "Well, you just go find that ace. You just go uncover him. Where? Like, you give me you options. Will, you will not win anything big until you find an ace, Jamie. Where is he? I don't care where he is. But you got to give he me might something. Be, he might be down aisle eight at Costco. You found a player outside a gas station so one you, time. I did, and he wasn't an ace. In fact, he was cut two days later. You so. then you develop then you develop that guy, and then you develop the next ace. So this on. team doesn't have pitching. You got time this year to develop an ace? No, I'm th- Jamie. So what are you saying? I'm saying what I'm saying is. You need to find that guy so we're not having this conversation again a year from now I know, and two years down the road. We have to find that guy. Who? What like, are you, honestly, I'm not being a jerk what, right now, but what's who? The, what's We've the conversation? We've the landscape how many times of available number ones or aces out there, and it's thin. What's the conversation right now? Are, is the conversation finding somebody right this second? Yeah. Or developing an ace that you can lean on for years to it's come? It's both. Quite honestly, the answer is both. Well, you don't have an ace. I know, and nope. you're not, and you're not finding. You're not finding. To your point, Jamie, you're not finding one this this year. I know. Okay, so you go back to the question then. The question that you asked me: Who are you getting? Would I be okay? Oh, that with, question with twos and threes, and and I answered that question. Yes, with the expectation that your ass is going to get bounced again in the first round. Why do you automatically feel that? Because other teams have dudes. Other teams have ace that can shove it up your tailpipe. Okay. Fair enough. You didn't have to be so graphic, but fair enough. Okay? Especially the, the hand motion and everything. I was like, okay. I'm Italian. I speak no, with my hands. Yeah, well, apparently you use your hands a lot. Jamie. Yeah. I know what you're saying right now. You're trying You're trying to make a, a rough situation better. I agree with you in that if Jack Flaherty pitches well again tonight and we get a little momentum, we got a better situation on our hands. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. You and I, we're walking hand in hand. Fingers Interlocked. locked. Yeah. Yeah. You and I right there. Yeah. And I feel like, if you look deep into my eyes right now, feel like you're with me on this. This team's not going to go anywhere unless they have an absolute dude. Now, where they find that dude, I don't know. That's that's the, that's that's the frustration the, yeah, I have. Is right. It's easy to say, go get an ace. I'm with you. If it was easy to find an ace, every team would have one. Cardinals would have one already. 
They don't. So in my opinion, they have to develop an ace, like you said. Mm-hmm. So that's like the two- or three-year project. Right. The immediate project is finding a number two somewhere else that you can bring in and plug the gap in your rotation to make you competitive. Sure. Who that is, I don't know. But that, to me, is more reasonable than worrying about going to get an ace this year. Right. Because, again, to your point, to the conversation we've had a lot, you're, you're probably not going to find an ace right now. So, all right. We're good. I still love you. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Doesn't feel like it. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Grant Francis pinch hitting for Andrew Marsh today. The Athletics' most, or actually worst, valued contracts. They did one for each NHL team. We'll tell you who the Blues is, although you might be able to guess. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody tuned in. You can always leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app or hit us up on the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Jamie? Yeah. The Athletic put together an article detailing the worst contract for every team. In the what? National Hockey League. That seems like a really negative thing to do. Yeah, now I said worst contract. They 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 kind of went the more cute route and said, well, the worst valued contract. It's it's the worst damn contract. It's how that's, you that's word what it. we're saying. Yeah. It's all it is. It's sure. some guy overpaid for his production. That's basically what it is. As you can uh, I mean, you could you could take your guesses on who the blues worst contract is. But Jamie, I know you already know who it is. Did you have a thought about who it could be before clicking on the article? Uh, the Blues' worst contract? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I do have my thoughts on it. I think that uh, I, I, I'm i very happy for this individual for getting the contract that he did. But I, I, I personally don't feel um, like Tory Krug is the, the guy for me. You don't think it's Tory Krug? I don't. I think his. I haven't looked at the article, so. So the mo- so the most most inefficient contracts in twenty twenty two, Colton Pareko. Yeah, that's not right. St. Louis's entire top four is is expensive and slightly underperforming. All four of them have at least three years of term remaining, which means. There isn't any immediate relief on the horizon. They need a bounce back. Doug Armstrong needs to get creative to ship out one or two of these deals. Otherwise, this can single-handedly wreck a team's cap situation. Braden Shen notched 65 points, which is nice, but his defensive issues erase some of that value. Jordan Kyrou's and Robert Thomas's extensions won't kick in until 2023-24, so that's why they weren't on this list. But the list consists of Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, Braden Shen, Tory Krug, and Nick Letty in that order. But Colton Pareko was at the top based on 
it, the metrics that they use. Yeah. I would have. This is why I asked you this I disagree. way. Before you clicked on the article. Well, I clicked on it. I still can't get what you're pulling up for whatever reason. The the worst one? Yeah. The worst value I, I contracts? I get, the, I get the overlay, but nothing. So. Okay. I don't know why. It, it's my computer. The reason why I asked that or is. It, well, could oh, be. Boy. Yeah, could be user error, but we're not going to blame you. We'll blame somebody oh, I'll else. I'll blame myself. It's fine. The reason why I asked you who, who you thought it could be, Jamie, is because I thought the same as you, Tory Krug. And then when I clicked on it, while Tory Krug was on the, was on this list, Colton Pareko at the top surpri- so surprised me somewhat. Do you agree with that or not? No, I don't. Because that's the bottom line. I don't care what they say. Do we agree with it or not? I think in terms of contract and production, uh, it's Tory Krug. I would agree 100%. And so here's the way I look at it. Colton Pareko, you may not be thrilled with him all the time. Uh, but at six point five for a six foot six defenseman that plays the way he does, you, you're winning. That contract is valuable. It is, and when Colton Pareko um, starts to play the way the, the the latter part of the season, he started to rediscover his game. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back to this every friggin' time when the greatest player on earth tells me flat out that Colton Pareko is one of the hardest guys to play against in the NHL. I'm gonna value that. So when Connor McDavid says to me those exact words in the hallway at Enterprise Center, that counts for something. It counts for more than the guy at his desk punching up numbers right now and going through the analytics, and then it spits out. This is the least valuable contract based upon his Corsi, his this, his that, his expected goals against, all that stuff. Great, fine. I'm going to take the player's opinion. Because at the end of the day, when they line up against him, they either like playing against him or they hate playing against him. Connor McDavid saying he doesn't like playing against Colton Pareko tells me a story. Why do you think, Jamie, that we're often so so far apart when it comes to the players and what the metrics say? In this case, Connor McDavid telling you one of the and this is just one opinion, but I imagine that if if Connor McDavid has struggled against Colton Pareko, other players, other top players and and, and average players at the NHL level, have also struggled against them. Well, watch the games, Anthony, okay? I know you do. When players enter the zone, zone entries, seven times out of ten, they'll go to the opposite side of Colton Pareko. They will. I've done the video research. I could talk about it for hours. They come in, and they will literally change puck side or skate it across and enter the zone on the other side. Why do you think they do that? They want to avoid them. They want to be away from him. They want to, and they want that space. They want that time and space. That's he, right. he doesn't a lot just because of his, his 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 body. Tells me two things. One, they don't want to necessarily try to enter the zone against Colton Pareko because he's such a good skater with long reach, good gap control. Or two, his partner's not very good. Could be both. Or he's the lesser of two evils. Mm. So that's why a good partner is very important. For Colton Pareko. That's why Jay Bomeister was so great for Colton Pareko. Because you couldn't pick. You came in, you tried to enter the zone, and it was the Twin Towers back there. Where mm-hmm. do you go? Both guys can skate. They both have good reach, good hockey anticipation. That's why they were so good in the playoffs in 2019. That's why they were good the next year together. So Nick Letty, it's not... The way Nick Letty played when he first got here, he was the same way. It was very difficult for teams to find offense against those two. Last year was just a down year for some guys, Nick Letty being one of them. Colton Pareko, to me, is a valuable contract. That's one that people will, a year from now, come up and tell me you were right. 
Now, let's bounce to some of the other guys. Braden Shen, that's a foolish take. His defensive metrics do it. He played with absolutely everybody on the team. He never had a regular line mate. He was put in dog crap situations. He's running around out there trying to do everything. I'm sorry. Braden Shen at what, 6.5, I think is what he, what he is? Yep. That I'm fine with that. Give me that all day long, twice on Sundays. Tory Krug, 6.5 is fine if your power plays in the top three. Yeah. It's fine. And uh, he's not a defensive liability. Unfortunately, this year what happened was the – the worst combination of things. Your power play was not good, and defensively, you were porous. Mm-hmm. That works against a guy like Tory Krug because he's never going to be a defensive shutdown defenseman. He's a competitive guy. He's not afraid to mix it up, but he's not a big guy. And so here, Grant, are we uh, We're getting into that later, the, yeah. def- the decor, or are we getting into that now? No, I was going to bring it up right now, yeah, actually. We, we because... got, and we got BT coming up, so we can also we can also shelve it if it's going to be a, a, a detailed conversation, Grant, because I know you want to. You guys want to get into... You want to the... tease that for later? So Let's here's what we'll do, later. okay? I'm going to finish my thought on, on the Blues and Tory Krug, is if Tory Krug bounces back next year, if he's still a St. Louis Blue, and he bounces back and he runs a top 10 power play, you're fine. If he doesn't, and your defense continue to give up chances after chances, especially inner slot chances, backdoor tap-ins, all those things, then that's the one you circle. That's the one you circle and go, mm, we have to figure out a solution for that. So that's my take on the contracts. We'll get into the defense. We've got a little breakdown, and you guys were talking about it in the office before the show. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. But we're going to talk a little baseball next with our guy Brad Thompson. Cardinals, Pirates tonight, 6.05 on Valley Sports Midwest. And BT will be on that call with Chip Carey. He'll join us next from PNC Park next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stoltz. you got the Cardinals and the Pirates, 605 Valley Sports Midwest. Chip Carey alongside our guy, Brad Thompson, who joins us via our, via our Fast Lane celebrity line. Bam. What's up, BT? We've got a Fast Lane celebrity line. This feels good. Gosh, this feels good. What's going on, boys? I just did that off the top of my head, BT. It, it, it just felt right. It felt good to me. I mean, it hit me right in the ear hole, yeah, Anthony. And, uh, I mean, you know how much that pumps me up. I'm no loving doubt. it. You boys ready for the big day tomorrow? That's the thing that I'm concerned about. Have we taken any BP? What have we been doing? Zero BT, uh, BT. Zero BP, BT, between Jamie and I. And we're going to miss you, man, because you've been out there the last two years. You've absolutely crushed some balls. And, uh, again, we're going to miss you. a great job at that. Yeah, we're going to miss you crushing those balls. Uh, I love pounding balls, and that was one of my favorite things to do. That was a, we would be out there doing our our dunkisms. You'd, you'd hit one, and you'd give it the old. <laughs> so, and then, uh, but and, you guys are gonna crush it. Save your bullets, right? Why why waste it during batting practice? I saw a video the other day of uh, the Riz show. Uh, I guess they were attempting to swing. It's kind of what it looked like, but boy, it wasn't good. <laughs> Rafe Rafe came in here earlier talking a lot of crap. Uh, apparently, Learn has been talking. All kinds of smack, yeah. crushing our guy Jamie Rivers. I mean, that's not that's not acceptable. And I love Learn, and she is the best. But boy, I mean, Jamie, you're going to have to just show her who's boss tomorrow. Yeah, well, I plan on it, BT. You know me; that's how I do things. And the one thing that was funny for me in particular was that uh, she was commenting on my speedo pictures, 
uh, talking about how I shouldn't be wearing bikinis, but she was the first one in line to compliment me when I got back from Mexico about how good I looked in it. And then to look at her phone, her lock screen is that picture. So mm-hmm. I thought it was odd. I think that's nuts is what I think. You know, it's, it, you know, it, she's afraid to say she liked it. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, you guys are going to dominate tomorrow. I know you are. I believe in you. And uh, I can't wait to hear about the victory. Well, we'll keep you we'll keep you uh, updated, BT. Yeah. I know you got important TV stuff, but uh, Chip can carry carry it for an inning or I two. What you did there? Yeah. Oh yeah, I need you to live stream that. Like we've got so much technology, I can live stream my kids' baseball games. Why can't we live stream this? It's a great call. Yeah, we'll we'll be on it. We'll no have doubt. Uh, Matt Rocchio do a live Instagram or something like that. Yeah, Rock will be fine with that. Yeah. Uh, BT. You got Jack Flaherty going into, going tonight, but the story is not Jack Flaherty. The story is the return of Jordan Walker. If, to the best of your knowledge, was this a uh, an, a need situation because of all the injuries? Was this because Jordan Walker, they felt good about his progress in Memphis, or is it a little from column A and a little from column B? No, I think you nailed it. I think it's a little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, when they ended up having to put Newt on the IL, that, that uh, when he jumped for that ball against the Royals, uh, something hit him, you know, where, where he just, and I was talking to Ollie about it today, he said Newt's a gamer. If he could play through something, he's going to play through it. He's like, right now he just felt like he couldn't play through this. Uh, so it made it very easy to call up Walker, and he deserved it again. You go back and you look at the last, you know, uh, 10 games or so, he's hitting the ball well, he's hitting the ball hard. Tried to make some small tweaks and adjustments, but, you know, Jordan has also talked about, hey, you know, the the plan is just to make consistent hard contact, whether that be on the ground or in the air. Good things will happen when you hit the ball hard, so that's what he's been doing at Memphis. Uh, But I I don't think this move happens, at least right this second, without Newt going on the IL. I don't think that they make another decision, make another move with somebody else. Uh, But it worked out where, you know, it stinks that Newt has to go on the IL, but he's got to be healthy, and Jordan Walker is going to get a little bit of a run here. BT, uh, with Jack Flaherty going back out there tonight on the bump, two of his last three starts have been really good. The problem is that the, when he doesn't, ha- when he has an off day, it's an off day. And I, I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask it again: Is you know, what does Jack Flaherty have to do in order to replicate the good days more often? Yeah, I think he's got to have a firm grasp. First of all, it's fastball command. I mean, and that's important for everybody. For Jack, though, it's paramount. Like, he has to have that. Uh, And then I think that he needs to realize quickly what is working for him on a given day. We've seen him change his arsenal the last couple of games. He's using his curveball more, and he's used used his changeup almost 13% of the time, which doesn't sound like a lot uh, last time out against the Guardians, but it's the most he's ever thrown that pitch. So I think that he's also got them guessing a little bit, which is great. You know, he's mixing it up. He's using his entire arsenal. But he's got to be able to be in command with the fastball. And, guys, look, I like his fastball better at 95-96 than I do at 91-92. But if he's putting it where he wants to, I don't care really what the velocity is for him. But he's got to be able to spot that up. And that's what we're seeing him do recently. You look at his last three starts, he's got an ERA sub-2. And that's what he's doing. He's putting his fastball where he wants to. So if he does that tonight against this Pirates team, who does not have a ton of power, I think they're 25th in baseball when it comes to home runs. They're a team that you can be aggressive within the zone on. I think he's going to have a lot of success again. He's had a lot of success against this team in the past. Brad Thompson joining us right now here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. BT, Steven Matz looked pretty good out of the bullpen. I know Ali liked what he saw. Do you think that Steven Matz could – 
if he's not needed at some point again in the starting rotation, hopefully Matthew Libertor pitches well and some of these other guys pick it up. Uh, if Steven Matz does have to stay in the bullpen, do you think he could wind up being a high leverage guy at some point? I do. I do. And I actually talked to Ollie about that today. I think that he absolutely could be in a situation where he goes out there and because I asked him, I go, is he going to be in long spurs? Like, what does that role look like? He's like, not really. So you look at the numbers against left-handers, like you could absolutely see him in a high leverage position against a bunch of lefties and continue to grow his role. Like that's, uh, you know, something, I don't know if it's going to happen tonight. I don't know if you'd like to get a few under his belt in the pen before you deploy him in a very tight game in a big spot. But uh, I can see that for him. And his goal, obviously, is to work himself back into the rotation. That's what he wants to do. But right now, he is trying to find himself again. Last time out, two innings again, out of the pen looked good, looked a lot sharper. Fastball was better. So, yeah, I can see that. And to your other point with Matthew Libertor, is going to get a start in Texas. It's a great opportunity for him. You know, maybe he goes and runs with it. It's not exactly how you planned it out by putting Matt's in the pen. But I think they gave him enough rope where – he kind of understands where he is, where he needs to get. And I think that he'll thrive in that role now and hopefully for his sake, get himself back into the rotation somehow, some way. Well, so that's where I wanted to go next, BT, with this. As I've been saying for two days now that although Steven Matz has been you know, relegated to the bullpen or going to work out of the bullpen, however you want to word it, uh, I feel like at some point, if things go well enough and he shows promise and he does a good job coming out of the bullpen, that he's absolutely going to get another chance to start. Yeah, he could. He could for sure. Or if everything is working really well in your rotation already and he looks like he has a role, like that could be a thing too. Like I, I feel like the economics here, and we talk about this a lot, Anthony, the sunken cost fallacy, like the money's already been paid. Yeah. Uh, but you also know what the guy wants to do. So if he goes out there and he shoves, and I think another thing to think about too is kind of how long this takes for him to get there. Because if he's going in shorter stints and it's a couple of weeks, well, he won't be built up to start, you know, and that's not necessarily the scenario that they think it's going to be for him. I, I feel like they could get him, you know, he could be back in the rotation a lot quicker than that. Uh, but if, if he's out there for a while, like he's going to have to build up again. So right now, it is kind of, uh, I don't want to use the term like competition, but if you're pitching well, you're going to get chances. If, you, you know, if you're Matthew Libertor and if you are Steven Matz and you're getting the job done out of the pen, you might get bigger and bigger jobs out of the pen before you end up getting back in the rotation, which could be a great thing for the team, right? Absolutely. Uh, BT, we're going to continue our conversation with you after a short break here. We'll continue to talk about the Cards, the Pirates. We'll talk about the series. And we'll talk about whether or not the, the Cardinals can get back into things and what that looks like uh, in an NL Central that everybody else is kind of taking a dip here. More with Brad Thompson next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, round two with our guy Brad Thompson, who will be on the call tonight for Bally Sports Midwest as the Cardinals and Pirates open up a new series at PNC Park at 6.05. Jordan Walker is in the lineup tonight. He'll be at, he'll be batting eighth and uh, making his re-debut, I guess, his return to the lineup here for the Cardinals. Uh, BT, the, the Cardinals right now, even though they sit in last place in the NL Central, 
They are one of only two teams with a uh, three now with a positive run differential. The Cardinals are plus seven. The Cubs are plus five. And those are your fourth and fifth place teams, respectively. The Pirates are plus six. The team that actually leads the division, the Brewers, are minus 26. The Reds are minus 28. I mean, it is absolutely insane. But it's it's also an indication, Brad, that the Cardinals, despite all their issues, are still in it in the NL Central and are chasing a Brewers team that clearly has some problems. You've been watching the the NL Central uh, closer than we have as the Cardinals, you know, play their division rivals. I imagine the answer is yes in terms of whether or not they can still uh, win this division. What's the, how does that look though to you? Like what what needs to happen over the next month plus for them to maybe capture the lead in the Central? Yeah, how about no more roller coaster rides where you just have an abysmal March April and then you bounce back in May? Like it's consistency is the key. And like let's make no bones about it. The the division itself is a saving grace for this Cardinal team. No doubt. That we knew in April that they, they, they were not as bad of a ball club as they were looking like. Uh, and then May they rebounded, right? And you look since May seventh, they got the best record in the National League. They were the only team uh, in the Central with a winning. Oh, that's not true. They had a, they were fifteen and thirteen in May. The Reds were fourteen and thirteen. They were the only two uh, with winning records. So, look, the, the division is very, very winnable. But it comes down to can you consistently go out there and give yourself a chance to win? And when I when I think about consistency with this ball club, I still think starting pitching. Like that's this first thing that my mind goes to is are your starters going to go out there and give you a chance every fifth day we're seeing jack clarity we talked about him last segment last three have been a lot better uh, the numbers look a little bit different than early on and he he appears to be more in command uh miles michaelis has been amazing his last nine starts an incredible eight inning performance last time out for him against the royals uh, everything other than that, though, has kind of been a coin toss. Like Jordan Montgomery started out as your most consistent guy, then had some ups and downs, and I think uh, he'll be fine. But I think that's the key to winning this division is the starting pitching really settling in a bit, and then the, the tweak at the deadline. Like, what will they be able to, whatever the need is, and I think that we all keep looking at the top end of the rotation, easier said than done acquiring that guy, but will they be able to pull the trigger and get that guy. I think that's going to be one of the biggest differences. But the division is so incredibly winnable. But as I'm sure you're getting a, a bunch of texts in right now saying, you know, we don't care about the division. We want to go win a championship. I think they need some tweaks to win a championship. BT, when we're watching Miles Michaelis right now, I mean, this guy is dialed in. And, you know, he, um, he cited – as well as other people, that the WBC kind of threw him off track to start the season. And I don't know if anybody really believed that at first. I think some people thought, oh, it's just an excuse. But now watching him pitch the way he has recently, uh, it looks like there's some validity to that. So can you explain to some of our listeners, you know, maybe what went on at the WBC to kind of throw him off and why that's relevant? Yeah, no, I think it's a great point, Jamie. It's one of those things, and you're right, when you have a really bad month uh, overall as a team, you can't point to something like that because it does sound like an excuse. But from a pitching standpoint, especially a starter, it's all about routine. It's every fifth day you know what you're doing. The days in between you have uh, you're building up for that fifth day. And while going to the World Baseball Classic, and we all enjoyed watching it, and like, it was a blast it did throw off the routine for a lot of different guys. Miles wasn't pitching every fifth day, wasn't getting the same amount of work. Same thing with Wayno, even though he, you know, he ended up getting hurt 
at the World Baseball Classic, a little bit different than not just being sharp early on. But routine is important. And when you're able to get back into that in his first three starts, as everybody remembers, Miles Michaelis had an ERA of 10.05, not exactly what he was hoping for. I feel like those starts, and it's easier to say now that he rattled off nine in a row that were very good, were almost like spring training starts. Unfortunately, they were in games that mattered, and the Cardinals found themselves in an early hole. But um, I, like, I don't think the World Baseball Classic, it, it's not going anywhere. Like, It's going to continue to be there. The players say they love the planet. The league loves it. But it is a bit of a hurdle, specifically for a starting pitcher, when you're not on that routine. And I still think it's a hurdle when you're a team like the Cardinals, who sent like 19 guys to the World Baseball Classic, to have continuity early on. And again, it sounds like an excuse when you lose a bunch of games, but I think that there is validity to it. BT, from what you can tell us and what you know, because maybe maybe it's just just a situation where you know you've been curious too, and uh, you're just you're kind of uh, in the dark as well. But what, what's going on with Tyler O'Neill? Is this a situation where? He potentially heads to the 60-day IL because they just can't get him right with the, with the back. Uh, are they just in wait-and-see mode? Because it really feels like with Jordan Walker coming back up, you know, eventually Dylan Carlson's going to be healthy again. Newt Bar, you know, being placed on the IL, he'll be back sooner rather than later. It looks like Tyler O'Neill certainly losing a spot in this team. Yeah, truly don't know. I mean, I'd be totally honest with you, don't know the answer to that. I have asked various people around the organization. You kind of just get like a shrug, like, he shut down. He shut down from baseball, uh, you know, baseball-related activities. So uh, we all know how good Tyler can be when he's right. Uh, we, we have not seen it now. We haven't seen it this year of him being right. But I don't know. But, but you're absolutely right. You think about it just from a, a logistics and baseball standpoint, everybody else is getting these reps. You have guys out there. I mean, right now, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I feel very comfortable with Donovan and Edmund in the outfield. Like, right now, I don't feel like you're, you're missing that much from the Tyler we saw before. The guy two years ago, holy crap. I mean, would love to have that guy. But I, I feel like that hole is, is digging deeper and deeper for him. And, look, health, you can't do anything about it. You can't go out there and play compromise. But I, I really do think that when you're looking at, you know, you're looking down the road for him and you're looking for a big contract one of these days man this is this is tough sledding for him and i don't think that there's any imminent answer right there bt nolan gorman he has been he's been fantastic for almost the entire season so far a little bit of a struggle we'll call it that loosely call it here recently he hasn't been hitting the ball as well um you know what are you seeing from him in the batter's box that maybe two days rest could fix yeah, well, so I, I think you just hit the nail on the head right there. That's what I'm, I'm really looking forward to, and it was, it was so evident being on the plane with everybody yesterday and being in the clubhouse earlier, how much more energized this group is right now. Because you look back, that 19-game stretch, Cardinals did a good job. They went 12-7. and seven. The offense overall during that stretch was really good. Remember, you had a, a couple of games where you put up some big-time crooked numbers. But you look back at the last seven games, the offense scoring just over two, you know, or under three runs a game total is like 2.7 runs per game. This offense has a lot more there. And I think that as a group, I think they're gassed. I think that they needed a break. And sometimes when you're, you're out there every day, you're getting the everyday reps, which you love, but you don't necessarily love it for 19 in a row, you start slowing down a little bit. And when you're slowing down, the pitching is not slowing down for you. And I think that we saw a little bit of that with Gorman. 
So I'm really excited to see what it looks like today for Gorman for this entire offense of actually having a couple of days where they could get their bodies rested, they can get their minds rested and be ready to go. Because I know you asked about Gorman, but when I think about like getting tired down the stretch, I think you really noticed it the most in Paul Goldschmidt's swing. They just looked, even though they were getting him off his feet, having him DH a little bit, you could tell he was just a tick off, a little bit slow on some fastballs that he's normally catching up to. So I, I think the two days rest is going to be the biggest key for Gorman and for this entire offense. BT, great stuff, man. Have a great call tonight. We'll certainly miss you tomorrow night at the O'Fallon Hoots uh, Car Shield Field for the Home Run Derby. But we'll check back with you again early next week. Guys, I am going to be checking in on the Derby. I know you guys are going to kick the Riz Show's tail just like, uh, you know, we did last year. I was going to say always do, but, you know, did last year because we had a couple of fill-ins. They won't be named. Not going to do that. (laughs) Ferrario, I would never. Uh, But... Uh, you guys got it this year. Good luck, fellas. Thanks, BT. We'll see you, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, see you, boys. See ya. That's Brad Thompson. Again, you can see him tonight. Bally Sports Midwest alongside Chip Carey as the Cardinals and the Pirates open up a new series. Jamie? Yeah? You're up. Oh, yeah. Aaron's back. Third straight day. A.A. Ron. We handed out a gauntlet trophy yesterday. Will we do so again today? Oh, man, I hope not. Jamie, uh-huh. Aaron, gauntlet. Next on 101 ESPN. Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's the Gauntlet on 101 ESPN in the Fast Lane 401. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and Aaron is back for a third straight day as he attempts to get himself a Gauntlet trophy. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how's it going? It's actually the fourth straight day. Oh, that's right, because, yeah, that's right. Boy, it started off a little rough. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, Jamie's up next. We know who the the, con, the uh, contender is. So, Jamie, yeah, make your way to the cone of silence. Why? I'd like to listen <laughs> to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, good luck, my man. Thanks. All right, so Jamie's going to make his way into the cone of silence. We got Grant here today. Grant Grant is the one that comes up with all the questions. Uh, when Jamie doesn't like those questions, or uh, Grant has, and Grant does a great job, a great job. That's not what I've heard on the show the past few days from you guys. When Grant does slip up, Jamie fires him. But Grant yeah. Grant is back, pinch hitting for Andrew Marsh today. So Aaron, tell Grant to spin the wheel. Spin the wheel, Grant. All right. So what are you hoping for, Aaron? I'm hoping for random. I think if they're talking or something, he's gonna he's gonna crush me probably. You you have done very well in random. It's not random today, which is a surprise because I feel like the wheel has been spinning spinning nothing but uh, random. It's baseball today. Baseball. Okay. Yeah. So baseball category. I'm just glad I don't have to write any more random for a couple days. Yeah, I don't blame you. That is, it is a, to come up with the questions, I used to do it for Randy in the four o'clock fight. They're not, they're not fun. Well, and I've made random every day for the last like two weeks. Yeah, it's been a little rough. All right, Aaron, you know the rules, but I'll lay it out for everybody else. Every question that Aaron and Jamie get today, 
are worth two points unless Aaron or Jamie need the options. If they ask for the options, they get the answer right. Those questions are worth one point. We got baseball today, so we got four baseball questions for Aaron. Same four baseball questions for Jamie. Aaron, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Here we go. Which pitcher recently recorded strikeout number 2,000, reaching the milestone in the third fewest innings in MLB history? <sighs> um, I'm going to need the options. Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. I think I'll go with Scherzer. Final answer. All right, question number two. Which team is the only team the Cardinals have swept so far this season? Um, I don't need the options on that, too. All right, was it the Colorado Rockies, the Boston Red Sox, or the Detroit Tigers? Oh, the Red Sox. Final answer. All right. Okay, Aaron, question three. Who was the first Cardinal to record multiple triples this season? Who was the first Cardinal to record multiple triples this season? Uh, uh, I'm going to need the options again. Is it Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmond, or Nolan Gorman? I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman. Final answer. All right, last one for you, Aaron. How many times have the Cardinals allowed 10 or more runs in a game this season? I don't think he would know this. He'll probably need the options, too. So I'll take the options. All right. Have they done it four, five, or six times? You said allowed, right? Not scored? Yes. How many times have they allowed 10 or more runs in a game this season? They've been pretty bad, so I'm going to go with six. Final answer. All right, well, welcome back, Jamie. How are you feeling, Aaron, with a gauntlet trophy on the line? Uh, not very confident. Okay. Jamie came sprinting in here. Mike Ryder has me ready to run through a wall right now. What were we listening to? Well, he started off with the eye of the tiger. Okay. Then he went to, you're the best. Yep. All right. Well, Jamie's locked in then. I'm dialed in. I'm 80s out right now. Jamie. Yeah. Your category is baseball. Oh, yeah. It's baseball. baseball Let's go. Bring it. Are you ready? No. Okay. Question number one, Jamie. Yep. Which pitcher recently recorded strikeout number 2000? Reaching the milestone in the third fewest innings in MLB history. Holy crap. Okay, so an old dude. Ah, give me the options. Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer. Wow. I, I, woof. Garrett Cole, Chris Sale. Wow. Okay, so I, I'm going to eliminate Chris Sale just because I don't think he's had enough success recently. Garrett Cole's interesting, and obviously Max Scherzer. That's the one you're like, why, Max Scherzer? How many? 2,000 strikeouts? Yes. Okay, so longevity here, too. Woof. 
I'm gonna go Max Scherzer because I feel like Garrett Cole's been injured. Go Max Scherzer. Final answer. All right, Jamie, which team is the only team the Cardinals have swept so far this season? There's the Cubs. Wasn't it? Let me think for a second here. They got the sweep. Was it the Cubs or was it the Pirates? Oh, they didn't sweep the Pirates. I feel like I have to go for this one. Chicago Cubs, final answer. No, Quite wait. I said final answer. Question number three, Jamie. Who was the first Cardinal to record multiple triples this season? The first? Oh, my God. I'm thinking of a couple of guys, but I'm hoping the options eliminate one of them. Give me the options, please. Is it? Nolan Arenado. Tommy Edmond. Uh. Nolan Gorman. I think Nolan Arenado was the first one to get two triples. Final answer. All right. How many times have the Cardinals allowed 10 or more runs in a game this season? Allowed 10 or more runs. I feel like I have really screwed the pooch on this one, so I'm going to have to go for it, even though I don't really have a clue. I know it's more than one. I'll go three. Final answer. Okay. I Aaron. don't feel good right now. Sick Aaron. To my stomach. Thanks a lot, Mike Ryder. <laughs> Better songs next time. Aaron versus Jamie. For the record, Aaron said he didn't feel good about this either. I, I feel better now. Oh, I, yeah. Okay, I whatever, Aaron. It. Uh, <laughs> all right. No offense. No, no, none taken at all, Aaron. <laughs> Let's go over these. Of course, a gauntlet trophy is on the line. Which pitcher recently recorded strikeout number 2,000, reaching the milestone in the third fewest innings in MLB history? Aaron. Oh, third fewest. Son of With the options, you went Max Scherzer. Jamie, with the options, you went Max Scherzer. Thanks, Garrett. Correct answer is... Max Scherzer is did it... it. With the fifth fewest innings, it was Garrett Cole. See, Garrett Cole is the correct totally answer. I totally ignored that. Zero zero between Aaron and Jamie today in this championship bout. Pay out. attention to the questions, Jamie. Who was the first Cardinal to record multiple triples this season? Aaron, you went with Nolan Gorman. Jamie, you went with Nolan Arenado. So you guys got the Nolans covered. Correct answer is the first and only Cardinal to record multiple triples this season. Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond. <laughs> Oh. Updated score, 0-0 zero, zero between Aaron and Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have the Cardinals allowed 10 or more runs in a game this season? Jamie, you went with three, and you did not need the options. Well, I didn't. I felt like I couldn't use them. Aaron, you used the options. You went with six because, and I quote, they've been pretty bad this year. Correct answer is? Well, Jamie, you could have used the options. It was four. Four. <sighs> Four, five, and six were the options. Oh my God, this is terrible. Zero, zero between Aaron and Jamie today. <laughs> I know it was. I know it was the Red Sox, though. I got a chance. Which team is the only team the Cardinals have Whatever, swept Aaron. so far this season? <laughs> Jamie, you did not use the options. You went with the Cubs. Aaron, as he just blurted out, he went with the Red Sox. If it's the Red Sox, Aaron gets a it's not the trophy. Cubs. They, they gave one back to the Cubs. If it's not the Red Sox or the Cubs, we have a walk-off. It's the Cubs. Jamie wins today. Aaron. 
you have chosen wisely. Aaron, in a pitcher's duel, wins the gauntlet today. It was the Boston Red Sox, the only team. Them right after they played the Cubs. Yeah, they went out to Boston, took care of business. Yeah, son of a... Uh, Aaron, congratulations. 1-0 victory today over Jamie. You win a gauntlet trophy. We've now given out two gauntlet trophies over the last two days. It feels disgusting. (laughs) But we still got to congratulate you. Nice job, Aaron. If I only got one point, I wouldn't even accept the trophy. Jamie. (laughs) Well, you know. (laughs) Aaron Aaron technically had to win like four gauntlets. He didn't even win the first one. He really didn't. No, but... Look, yeah, am I bitter? Yes, I am. You know what, Jamie? We opened the door for Aaron, and we can't blame him for walking in and kicking his feet up on our furniture and Uh, just making a mockery of us, okay? We let him in. You just got to get in, right, Anthony? You just got to get in. Go cards. Go cards. Aaron, (laughs) congratulations, man. Hang on the line. We'll uh, we'll get an opportunity to get you a trophy, and uh, hopefully we're in the office that day when you come pick it up, and we'll, uh, we'll snap a picture with you, too. All right, awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, congrats. Yeah, Thanks, congratulations. Aaron. Congratulations. Nice job. Jamie, you're fired. Oh, Grant's been holding on to that you one. You can't fire me. You're already fired. <laughs> can't double fire somebody. Don't fire him. Nobody knows the board. We got Mike Ryder here. Mike. Although he's old, he forgets things. What the hell? Mike is incredible at running the board. He could run it with... I mean, uh, he Anthony, could run if you haven't figured it out right now, I'm just kind of bitter. Okay. Okay. I'll let you. You know what? I I'm, hope Aaron's happy. I hope he enjoys his weekend, his family, all that stuff, knowing that I will be miserable. I'm but gonna, you go ahead and enjoy, Aaron. I'm going to let. I'm not bitter at all. We're just about gonna, losing in the gauntlet final. We're just going to let you feel. Go ahead, Anthony. We're just going to let you feel your feelings there, Jamie. Sports six-pack is feel next. whatever the hell I want. If you have a question, 314-399-9646. That's the Air Comfort Service tax line. Send it in. Sports six-pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports Six back in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, Grant Francis, pinch hitting today for our guy Marshy. Grant, take it away. Question number one. All right, guys. Let's start with the 618. Do you guys like uh, Randall Gritchick as an outfield option via trade to have at least a consistent face in there that can play solid defense? No. No, I don't think uh, you. The problem is you have too many Randall Grichicks already. Quite honestly, yeah. You know, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not interested. I like Randall Grichick. Think he's you know he's great Cardinal, he's great guy, all that stuff. But uh, no, not necessary. Yeah, I don't think adding another outfielder makes makes sense. I honestly, at this point, I hope Jordan Walker is up for good. I hope he sticks. I hope he's he is your right fielder for the foreseeable future, or your left fielder when Lars Newbar comes back. Because I would have Walker in left. I would not have Walker in right. But regardless of how it shakes out, if it's Newt Bar, Carlson, and Walker, 
with guys like Burleson and Yepes or Burleson and whoever as your your power off the bench, I'm good with that. If Donovan, I don't think you, we shouldn't see more, a lot more of Donovan and Edmund in the corners with Walker back up. And once those other two guys get off the IL, but even that, I, I'd, I'd rather see that then bring in another guy that is just filler at this point. And I really like Grichik as a person. Got to know him a little bit when he was here. Super good yeah, dude. Absolutely. Love the guy. Yeah. Not necessary, though. I'm with you. Question number two. Trade for pitching. How about that? Yeah. Get an ace. From the, nice. <laughs> from the 618, what does Jordan Walker's stat line need to look like for the next one to two months to stay on the roster? It's a good question. It was one that I was thinking about, too, before the show. As long as he is not completely overwhelmed, and I don't think he will be, but as long as he's not completely overwhelmed, he looks like he doesn't have an approach, a clue, or he's hitting like 83 over the next month plus, then I would let him stay up, battle through the ups and downs, get his big league you know time in and de- and, and develop develop him at this level so in other words i don't think it needs to be you know 250 with x amount of home runs with a slugging of this i don't think that as long as he's not a complete mess for the next month plus i think he just stays yeah i'm not going to get into a stat line uh one because it just i i don't I don't dive into all those. Obviously, the OBP, OPS, slug, all that. would be great to have that. He just, for me, he's got to be consistent. And he can't be the worst guy. He can't be your worst outfielder. If he is the worst outfielder, his all his, his numbers across the board, and defensively, he's still kind of shaky, can't have him here. If he's not your worst guy, which he shouldn't be. Offensively, he should not be your lowest guy on it. And any of those stats that you want to talk about, whether it's average, slug, OBP, OPS, should not be in last place. Mm-hmm. If he's not there and he's he's still showing progress defensively, he could be fine. Question number three. From the 314, can you see the Blues moving a first to a team to unload a monster contract? Well, it's going to take a minimum, that. You're going to have to tie a first round, maybe both of those late first round picks, depending how how eager you are to move on from a contract. But guys, I'm going to go back to this every single time. All of the big contracts that you would like to get rid of have no trade clauses. So what would the appetite be for a team that is a contender to bring on a contract that you don't want? First of all, that team's probably up against the cap to begin with because they're a contender. Most contending teams don't have an abundance of cap space to pick up your mistake. The two first rounders they would like, but to pick up something that maybe you're not happy with or you want to move on from, whatever it is. So now you're dealing with the bottom tier teams. Now said player has to agree to go to that team. He has to go. He has to be like, okay, I'll go. Now you can make a deal. So I just... I, I don't know how creative Army's going to be able to get, but it's going to have to be very creative if he really truly wants to move on from a big contract. He may not want to. He may think that these players could rebound. You have to look at that. You go back two years ago, 
Everything was just, not just fine, everything was fine-ish. Your decor was good. You were limiting dangerous scoring opportunities. You were creating a lot of offense. Your power play was in the top three in the NHL. So Doug Armstrong, as a general manager sometimes, or a president, and our text line, boy, they're not going to like this. Sometimes you have to be patient. Sometimes you have to wait it out. You have to go back to the resume of said player, or we always said the back of the baseball card, right? right? The back of the hockey card and go that this one season here doesn't look like all the others. I feel like all the others are going to come back to this player. And if that's the case, then you're not worried about it. You build around what you have then at that point. Question number four. All right, from the 636, Jamie, I'm thinking about this with the Florida Panthers too. When it comes to rest in the playoffs, what is your opinion when it comes to too much time in between games? Is it helpful or hurtful to have that much time? Well, the, see, I've talked about this with a number of people here in the last couple of days. Yeah, Florida's had a, an extended period of time here, but that does help. It really does. In the playoffs, man, Radko Gudis, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Sasha Barkov, they all had extra time to ice and, and get right for the finals. And the Vegas Golden Knights, let's not be fooled here. They've had an extended period of time here, too. So it's not like they're coming off their series. They get a day off and bam, they're right in the finals. And they're just going to keep that ball rolling. No, they've had, what, four or five days off, too? Four days? I mean, they've had a good amount of time, too, to take on that playoff rust, as they call it. So I, I don't see that being a factor for either side in this. I think it was welcome time for both clubs to get some of their top guys to be at 100% because you're going to need them. Question number five. From the 618, Anthony, if you're starting a franchise today, would you rather have Justin Fields or Kyler Murray? Oh, um, <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin, oh God, yeah. Justin Fields because, one, he's not making the money yet. Kyler Murray's got a contract he didn't he didn't earn outside of you know, forcing Arizona's hand. So I would take him because of that. The injury has to be factored in. Uh, I mean, neither guy has really put together the, pa you know, the, the resume from a passing standpoint, Justin Fields especially. But in watching Jalen Hurts play, if the Bears can't turn Justin Fields into a version of Jalen Hurts then that coaching staff that's currently in place needs to be replaced. Because Justin Fields, from a talent perspective, I don't know about his work ethic and everything. Like Jalen Hurts' work ethic is off the charts. From a work ethic standpoint, I don't know if Justin Fields is in that area. But from a, an athletic standpoint, Justin Fields should be able to, to run an offense similar to that of Jalen Hurts. That six-back offense, get him on the move, quick you know quick reads doesn't have to be a high to low situation but you know a diamond offense where he can he could choose you know either it's linebacker to read or the safety to read or maybe the corner to that side to make a quick read and get the ball out that is something that i think justin fields can do kyler murray is an expensive injury prone potential diva from what we've heard from what we've heard that's that's difficult to get you know the most out of his teammates so i gotta go with justin fields Question number six. When we were talking about uh, the A's earlier and how terrible they ha are and what's trending, um, someone from the 314 asked, is there a player on the A's that would interest you? 
That's a really good question. So Brent Rooker would interest me, but Brent Rooker is a, a young young guy that I, doesn't make a lot of sense for the Cardinals because he's he's an outfielder. And I know the Cardinals start getting a lot of production from an outfield standpoint, but we just had the discussion discussion about um, uh, Randall Grichik. But Brent Rooker, you know, when you're he's 28 years old, no longer a prospect. Kind of he is who he is, but he's having he's having a pretty good year with a team that has nothing around him. 11 home runs, he's driven in 32, and RBIs is a product of who gets on in front of you as well. You know, he's got a 260 average, a 509 slug, an 874 OPS. These aren't these aren't off-the-charts numbers, but Brent Rucker's a guy that plays pretty good defense, has got some pop, that, that's kind of a good all-around player for you. From a pitching standpoint, which is, of course, what the Cardinals need, the guy that will be available is, Pla- is Paul Blackburn, but I don't think Paul Blackburn solves a lot of issues for you one he's not having a good year he's got from an era standpoint it's 2.25 but it's only because of the the uh the fact that he's only made he's only made one start i shouldn't say he's not having a good year thus far a lot of the metrics from the games that he's pitched aren't great but paul blackburn is going to be the guy that i think i think people are going to be looking at and i should say from a year ago the numbers weren't great because he really hasn't pitched much this year that's about it though like ramon liriano is another big-ish name. You've probably heard of him, but he's an outfielder. There's nobody else that it's gonna that that's gonna make a lot of sense from Oakland standpoint that you would look at and say we can pick their pocket because we know they're gonna be sellers. I wish they had pitching. If they had still, Oakland used to churn out pitching all the time. If they well, still they had a pitcher, it all. yeah, really, they did. If they still had a pitcher that would make sense, uh, I'd be I'd be all in. But that is the very definition of a minor league squad so long long uh answer longer i would say no on that it's a fast lane on 101 espn that's your sports six pack let's dive into the that uh well actually we got our nfl four downs next we will talk about the blues defenseman that's coming up at 5 15 jamie and grant kind of put together an interesting look at what your defense should look like from a, a standard nhl standpoint size athleticism speed whoa, whoa, like all whoa, that miss lippy what you go giving out the answers that's a tease jamie let me tease these you people tease a little too much at that okay point. sorry I'll still bring it home you gotta be careful with that i know you just gotta deliver and we will nfl four downs next in the fast lane on 101 espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn NFL four downs in the fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer's Grant Francis. First down. All right, guys. With DeAndre Hopkins being cut from the Cardinals earlier this offseason, which team would DeAndre Hopkins help the most right now? I think DeAndre Hopkins, as we talked about the other day, is is more of a complement to what a team already has than a player that puts a team over the top. I think the Bills are a perfect landing spot for him because they already have Stefan Diggs. He DeAndre Hopkins will will win one-on-one coverage every single time. He's not a burner though. He's not somebody who's going to take the top off of defense. 
this this he's more of a possession receiver, somebody that is going to be outstanding on like third down. Third and six, big moment in the game. Pick you need that first down. Quarterback looks out. They're doubling Stefan Diggs on the outside. But you got DeAndre Hopkins one on one. And the DB's in the hip pocket. You put in you put that ball anywhere in his area, Hopkins is making that play. I think he's a perfect Buffalo Bill. I don't disagree with that. I'm just going to go with a different team just to offer a little bit of variety here because I agree with you. The Jacksonville Jaguars, for me, I think you plop DeAndre Hopkins on that team, gives Trevor Lawrence a sure target. To your point, that coverage, he's very difficult to cover. He makes the tough catches. For me, he expands that offense. And now you start to... Uh, you maximize Trevor Lawrence. When in doubt, get it to DeAndre Hopkins. You got it. Like it's nice for a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, to have that target. That when you when when everything starts to crumble, you know, if I throw it in that area, got a pretty good chance he's just going to catch it. Right. And you know they got some young wide receivers on that team too. They did show some offensive punch last year. I think he'd be a nice addition to that. He doesn't have to be, you know, the top guy again. He just has to be a sure thing. And I think that that's what he would provide there. Chiefs would be another great spot too. What do you think about the Jets? Because they don't really have like a top wide receiver on their team. He kind of fits that mold and with Aaron Rodgers going there. What do you think about them? So I think the Jets are starting to become a little congested. Like he, he would be, outside of Garrett Wilson, who won the, the rookie of the year last year, he, he would be their, 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 their guy, their top guy. Uh, but when you look at that wide receiver chart, when they're bringing in Alan Lazard and they're bringing in McCole Hardman and they're bringing in Randall Cobb, like they got a lot of veterans that have fill, filled up the, that, that depth chart there. Uh, Denzel Mims is still there. Um, I am assuming that they're going to part ways with Corey Davis. I think they have – I mean, anybody – he makes any wide receiver group better. So he would, be, he would be great for any team. But when it comes to, like, the, the Jets and a need factor, I don't think it's the perfect fit. He'd be, I, I think he'd be a better Raven. I agree with that. You know? Especially with Odell there too, gives a couple of different targets. Yep. To your point, I don't think, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is the guy that single-handedly can go out there every night, double covered, and, and take down a defense. Yeah, you have some options around him. Coverage becomes a little tighter, meaning it's more man-on-man, or he gets available. Yep. Yeah, I think that would help. I think the Ravens a good call too. And I do love, I I love the kid that they took in the first round, Flowers out of Boston College. I mean, this is somebody that, from a speed standpoint. Somebody to go get it. I like I like that Odell Beckham Jr. More of a possession guy, but if you can add, you know, a, another, not necessarily a big target in the sense of like Travis Kelsey's a big target, but somebody with with a, a huge range, like a DeAndre Hopkins for Lamar Jackson, who isn't always the most accurate quarterback. I think that'd be a, a huge get too. Second down. All right, guys, which second-year player holds the fate of his team's success in his hands the most? The fate of his team? Wow, that's a very serious question. You know the first player that came to mind for me when I saw this question? Who's that? Kenny Pickett. Oh, that's a man. great one. That is a good one. Yeah. Because if the if the Steelers are going to have any success, they're going to need a quarterback that plays better than he did last season. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. And the the Bengals, I expect to be good again. I think the Ravens are going to be good again. The Browns are going to be better than maybe where they were a year ago. I, I don't I don't necessarily know if they contend, but that's a pretty good division. And you're the Steelers, and you're always in it. 
So I think that's that's a solid choice. I was also thinking quarterback. Jamie, you got one? I'm not thinking quarterback. What do you got? Uh, I'm thinking of a team that had a great offense last year. I mean, we're right at the top of the league offensively. But they also gave up a lot of points, too. Lions. I'm going with my youngest. I'm going with Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. This guy's got to have. Stud. He is a stud. And, you know, he had a great year as a rookie. He has to come in now and just be a man amongst boys. Mm-hmm. And he's got to turn that Lions defense into a, a, a defense that can stop other teams' offense. Because if they can s- slow down or stunt the offense on other teams, they've got an off- offensive punch to bury you. So, for me, that's the guy right there, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, for me, I was also thinking quarterback, Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy comes back. Is he a second-year guy? Healthy, yeah. He was a rookie last year, believe it or not. Oh, okay. Brock Purdy coming back off the injury. He's playing for a 49ers team that is is a super is a legit Super Bowl contender. Oh, loaded. The pass rush, there. The offensive line, there. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best run schemers in the league. He's they've got outside weapons. They've got George Kittle, a, a legit tight end. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's not listed as a tight end is really more like a wide receiver. You're talking about a legit tight end in George, in George Kittle, somebody that can block and receive. If Brock Purdy can do what do what he did a year ago, manage that offense, play well, stay healthy, I think Brock Purdy and the 49ers could be right back in the NFC Championship game again this year. It's a good call, although he just threw his very first ball the other day, so we'll He'll see. He'll be fine, Jamie. <laughs> He's fine. Third down. Well, let's stick with the 49ers and the quarterbacks. Which quarterback is going to make the most starts for the Niners next season between Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, and Sam Darnold? Oh, don't squ- SpongeBob Squareheads down there, though? Yeah. Watch him turn around his whole career. Wow. Like watch Trey Lance not be healthy and Brock Purdy not be healthy and Sam Darnold steps up. Old Minecraft head. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Grant. What would you rather what would you rather be known as if you're Sam Darnold? Quarterback. That yeah, well yeah. I was gonna give you some options. Oh, go ahead. I mean Sam, I think would be the first thing. Yeah. Uh for what you just said, old Lego head or Minecraft yeah. head. Yeah. Or old seeing ghost. Like what oh, would you yeah. Well, what's worse? So wait, is it square head or seeing ghosts? Are those the options? Yeah, I'd rather be some version of square head. I, I'd rather be SpongeBob Squarehead, knowing <laughs> that I'm successful though. I can be as ugly as I need to be. I don't care. That's true. I'm winning football games and I'm cashing checks, baby. That's a good call. The other guy seeing ghosts, he's cashing checks for about another month or two, <laughs> and then, then he's gonna be. SpongeBob Squarehead at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great place. I mean, it's great. I love, I love Home Depot. I love just walking Very around. Very helpful there. Quite I spent some time there the other day. Always love it there. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. It's not an NFL quarterback. It's not an NFL starting quarterback. Right. Correct, yeah. Anthony. Uh, I still think it's Brock Purdy. I think it's Trey Lance. I think Brock Purdy starts the season out. I think he's somewhat successful. I think he goes right back to what he was. Then I think someone gets a hold of that arm and rips it off the friggin' bone on him. I just feel like that's an injury just waiting to happen again. When you require surgery and then forego it because there's another way to rehab it, guess what always happens, Anthony? You end up in surgery anyways. And I I don't wish that for him. But if I'm wagering money or at least just a 
know my opinion on this. I think Trey Lance gets more games because Brock Purdy unfortunately get injured in week three. And his arm falls off. Yeah. Tommy John. Right, Fourth Chris. down. All right. Who is going to be your guys' biggest surprise in the AFC and NFC next year? Ooh. Okay. So what? Let's let's, hmm. let's oh. have some let's have some defined details here. A team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Okay. Well, my my surprise in the NFC, although it may not be much of a surprise, New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I like this. I I like the Saints too much to put them in like a sleeper category. Well, Anthony, they finished third in a terrible division last year. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. Call me crazy. I think you're crazy. Just maybe not here. Yeah. No, I I, th- I think the Saints are the team to beat in that division. It's quite a turnaround. That is. And the sleeper in the AFC, for me, I think it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. I really do. I think that second year for Josh McDaniel, now Jimmy G, we'll see how everything heals up for him. I think, to me, he's the key to what I'm saying right now. If Jimmy G is healthy and he's available to go, then he's going to work well with that offense, and the Raiders will be much better than they were last year. Um, You know, is it going to be... competition for the Bengals, Ravens, Bills, uh, Chiefs, some of these other juggernauts in the conference? Probably not, but you asked for a surprise team. Not a sure thing. Right. If if I say a team, do they have to make the playoffs? No, or just they have to be much better. Yeah, okay. My AFC team is the Houston Texans. They have a soft schedule. They've been drafting high for a while. I'm not going to give you that much leeway. You got to give me how many wins they'll have for them to be a surprise at three last year. Okay, that's what. Well, that's why I wanted to kind of. I mean, if they get five, you can't be like, "See, I told you, they're much better than that." If they go, if they go eight and nine, okay, would would that surprise you? Yes, that would be a big surprise, especially in that conference. I say Texans. They got an easy schedule. I realize (laughs) it's not a good team, but I think they're going to get a bit of a bump here. New head coach, and again, (laughs) new head coach again. Uh, But D'Amico Ryan's, I really like. They have some sporadic talent. This is a team that, again, has been drafting high. And a year ago, if you go back, they they played some games where you're like, wait a minute. They gave the Chiefs a game. That one went into overtime, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, let me see here. Sorry, I'm bringing up the schedule. They Yeah, they went into overtime with the Chiefs. They should have be they should have be Dallas in Dallas. The the Cowboys had a like a minute fifty remaining in the game. They had to go the entire field and they did the length of the field and they did. Otherwise they had them them dead to rights. And they played Philadelphia somewhat tough on a Thursday night. I think the Texans could win eight games this year. That would be like a real big leap of faith. Surprise yeah. team. In the NFC, I say the Green Bay Packers are gonna surprise. They're going to be better than what we think. They're going to be worse than they were last year. Okay. Which was what? Eight and nine. They're going to they're going to they're going to win at least nine games. No, they're not. Okay. Absolutely not. Grant AFC NFC surprises. We got. I think AFC for me, and I don't think it's going to be a huge surprise that they're better than last year. But the Jets, I think, are going to be. That's su- a good call. I think they're going to be surprisingly good, and competing with the Bills for that division. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I think it's going to come down to like week 16, week 17, because I think the Jets are going to be right there with them. 
Um, on the NFC side of things, I'm going to kind of do the same thing you did, Anthony, with the Texans. I don't obviously they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to do the same thing with the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. I think another few, another year of Justin Fields is going to look a lot better. And so I think that's that's going to be the same case with the Bears as well. He's going to win some games just based on his running ability. Yeah, he's a very and talented as he did a player, year ago. Got to stay healthy, obviously. All right, with uh, with the Clawsdale possibly returning, how impressed have we been with City in his absence? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We still need a new fade or follow contestant. So if you want to play fade or follow, text in fade to 314-399-9646. Might have an opportunity for Grant to choose you today for fade or follow, which we'll do at the bottom of the uh, the hour next hour. Uh, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. And earlier this week, we talked to our guy, Kyle Heber of St. Louis City SC, who is a fun interview, somebody that fits in very well with Jamie and I. Uh, and he just he provides us knowledge and insight. Obviously, we don't we don't have, but he also talked about because we asked him about uh, Klaus Klaus Klausdale. He's been out for a while now. There is a possibility though that Klaus will return. He's questionable to return this weekend, according to Santiago Beltran, the Spanish play-by-play announcer for City. Don't, don't say Jamie. Damn it. City is two and two since no. Since Klaus went down, he could make his return. What does Klaus mean to the system that City SC plays? Here's our guy, Kyle Hebert. Klaus is a big loss for us. I mean, he's physically, he, he demands a lot of attention, occupies the center backs. Not only is he a, a goal scorer, but he's also got good feet. He's creating opportunities um, for other guys. Kyle Heber broke it down perfectly when he when he uh, was talking about Jamie the the way that Klaus forces opponents to adjust the way that that city mm-hmm. is played or or is defended I should say and when you have somebody like Klaus and you know this just from hockey because I know you've drawn plenty of parallels between the way soccer is played and the way that hockey is played and and what you want to do to create scoring opportunities for yourself which is really about creating time and space more than anything or getting bodies in front of the net regardless of what net you're talking about and klaus does that for city he's somebody that commands multiple defenders to know where he is and whether he does it by himself like we saw earlier in the season or he's creating opportunities or uh, you know time and space for other guys in his team teammates that's what he does and for the for city to be two and two without him, I think is pretty impressive too. It absolutely is. And what Klaus does, he drives the offense. Well, watch his first handful of games. I mean, he's dragging two and three guys with him, you know, muscling through three or four guys at a time. Like he just doesn't stop. He's a big guy. I think what six four or six five, I believe is what he is. And you know, he's not pretty to watch when he's running out there. He's He's a gritty dude. But what happens is the other team is forced to respect his game because he still leads the team in scoring, Anthony, 
And uh, he's missed, what, half the season now? Mm-hmm. Here's Klaus. With, he's only played nine games. He's got five goals. He still leads the team. 14 games is what the team has played. And Eduard Leuven, he's got four goals. And five assists. As yeah, we he know. does have five assists right now. But my point is, is that's how, that's how driven Klaus is. That's what I mean. That's how much he drives the offense. Is what I would say there. Yeah. So yeah, he has been very missed, but impressive by the the St. Louis City squad to continue to win games, and they have. And look, you look at their the record right now. They've got eight wins, four losses, and one draw. That's most of that without Klaus here recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the the team has done a great job of adjusting, but one thing I look at is. What will this team look like when he comes back? Because at the start of the season, Klaus was kind of like one of the outliers. We're like, okay, that guy's good. And then you had Leuven, um, a couple other guys where you're like, these are the, the the stars, we'll call it. But now the rest of the team has had to up their game. Leuven is playing very well. Uh, Giacchini's played very mm-hmm. well. Our guy Kyle Hebert, Tim Parker, he, all those guys have played very well, but they've elevated their game. So now when you take the top goal scorer that you have – the guy that can really drive your offense in that transition-style game that they play, and you plop him back in the lineup, how much better does your team look? Yeah, he's one of those guys, too, where even though he's been out a while, opponents still know what he's capable of. So I'm I'm, I'm assuming that he's still going to get a lot of the attention when he, grow, when he draws close, or just the position he plays and, and, and how he impacts their offense, like the role he plays within City's offense. But if you're an opponent, you don't care that Klaus has been out for a month plus now if he's on the field he's drawing your attention because you don't want to be you don't want to be the person that's out of position or somebody that's counted on his help to get to get to uh, to get klaus out of the front of the net and you're worried about somebody else you know you, you don't want that guy to beat you so your point jamie with giochini how talented he is in front of the net or you know the kind of that next wave with leuven i mean you you've got multiple scoring uh, opportunities here for you got multiple scoring players now yeah and klaus is a finisher he scores you give him the opportunity he scores it's not just a shot towards the net and trying to create offense with a cross player like, no you get him the ball he's finishing so that to me that's a big part of what could be a really big success for city headed down the stretch as they make a playoff push. I think it's really promising, too, for City, the fact that their top scorer is out and they've still managed to put up 29 goals this season. Very cool. Because you look at other teams like LAFC, they have one player that scored 10 goals this season. They've scored 23 all season. He's basically half of their offense, and they're one of the better teams in the Western Conference. So, like, you look at City, and that's super promising for them considering they've put up 29 goals with their best player out for games. Mm -hmm. You're going to get him back and – it's like making a trade, Anthony. Son of a So when you look at Grant. when you look at the league overall, if I gave you a couple of guesses, you know, Cincinnati's at the top of the lead in, in the Eastern Conference, Nashville uh, playing very well, Seattle, top of the food chain, New England Revolution have had a pretty good season. If I was to give you choices of all those teams, city, all the whole league. Who do you think has the best goal differential in the entire league? I know this from the gauntlet, so I'll sit out. Okay. In the entire league, in the all, best goal differential. In all of the MLS. Uh, the, because you're asking, I'll say St. Louis City. Yeah. Plus 15. 
Plus 12 is Nashville. They're the closest ones. And St. Louis City SC has only played 13 games. Some of these teams have played already 16 games. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that can work against you because you can give up yeah, some goals. Sure. But still, I think that's pretty damn impressive, to I be agree. honest. I agree. St. Louis City SC, 730 tomorrow night against Houston at City Park. Should be a good one uh, once again. I'm sure that place will be absolutely frenetic, as it has been all season long. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. I was looking at an article done by Eno Saris of The Athletic, and he was ranking or projecting every major league starter for the rest of the season. Not not a great overall look for the Cardinals. Not surprising either. One name may surprise you from a good standpoint. One might be a complete disappointment uh, from a negative standpoint. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. 504, your time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I was on The Athletic earlier today, and I saw an article done by Eno Saris, who is very stats-driven, very projection-based on, like, the analytics and things like that. He does he does a great job. It can be a bit of a heavy read because it's mostly numbers. But he projected... Every starting pitcher, based on a variety of things, not not just uh, you know like current performance, but a lot of the advanced metrics will paint paint a picture of how that pitcher could fare the rest of the season. But he ranked every starting pitcher, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Based on his metrics, who do you think was the highest rated starting pitcher from now until the end of the year? Again, this is a projection, not from what the they Cardinals? currently are. Yes, the Cardinals. Jack Flaherty. No. Believe it or not, he was third. Hmm. By Jordan like wide. Montgomery. Yes, it was Jordan Montgomery. He projected, he's got Jordan Montgomery as the 45th best pitcher from here on out. 45th? In, in Major League Baseball, yeah. That's okay. pretty high. Which, again, this is just this is just one, one person and just one projection. But that, I, I think that, Based on where Montgomery is right now, his and in, in looking at his track record, I'd mentioned this before, Jamie. This is somebody that has never been an ace, never really been a number two, but he's consistently put up good numbers. Mm-hmm. He did so with the Yankees when he came over from the car from from the Yankees to the Cardinals in that Harrison Bader deal last year. I thought he pitched very well for the Cardinals. He's not somebody that's going to blow you away. But I do think he's much better than what he's pitched. And it was refreshing, I guess, to see or promising to see that Montgomery was 45th on this list. How do guys get on this list that haven't even played yet, though? I just popped it up, and, like, Carlos Rodon is on here at 18. So, again, a projection. So yeah. he's, he's projecting. So he's projecting from last year's stats. Yeah, absolutely. On some of these. Yes. Okay. And for, the, and for those that are interested, Jacob DeGrom is number one. So good pitcher. He's been banged up, but somebody that projects to to be very good the rest of the way. Not surprising. Spencer Strider, last year dominant for the Braves. This year, dominant. Garrett Cole is third. Shane McClellan from the Rays is fourth. Shohei Otani is fifth. Shane McClellan. Or McClanahan. McClanahan. Shane McClanahan. I was just... Seeing if you were doing it on purpose. No, I wasn't. Shane McClanahan. I'm sorry about that. Sometimes I, I speed up too much. I didn't mean to out you there. McClanahan. That's okay. That's all right. You're doing great, though. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. 
Make sure I call you out in the arm. Stupid ass mistakes too. Uh, second, <laughs> second. Who do you think that is? So Jordan Montgomery is one. Well, I would say that it's Miles Michaelis. Knowing that Jack Flaherty's number three. Really? <clears throat> You're right. Miles Michaelis is. 60. I was like, he can't be if he's using analytics. There's nobody else. No, Miles Michaelis was 69th, which isn't great. Depends who you ask. Depends on who you are. This list, this list, uh, Jamie, it's not great. It's okay. 69. But he is the second. Jack Flaherty is 97th. So court, according to Eno Saris's metrics, Jack Flaherty doesn't project well, the, project well the rest of the way. He's in the same area as Paul Blackburn, the guy we talked about with the A's, Brady Singer of the Royals, and your very own Steven Matz, who's 100th on this list. How does that happen? It could, it could be viewed one of two ways. Either that's a really bad look for Jack or Steven Matz is only, will be slightly better than what he has been to date. Anthony, as I scroll down, I see Adam Wainwright at 180. Yeah, that's not good. Hmm. So the eye test doesn't look good for Wayno. The advanced metrics don't look good for Wayno. The projections don't look good for Wayno. We have entered the territory of we know Adam Wainwright is a crafty veteran, that pitches he's never really been a thrower Mm -hmm. certainly through harder early in his career but over the last couple of years he has gotten by because he is a pitcher through and through and when you talk to brad thompson or matt holiday or you know our guys that have played with adam wainwright that know him they they had they still have that faith that when it's all said and done he's going to figure it out hell wayno has never been short on confidence you hear him talk about the opening drive. He feels like he's he's closer to figuring it out. The metrics don't say so, but this is somebody that has proven the metrics and, and others wrong plenty of times before. But that's kind of just where we're at with Wainwright. A lot of fight left in that dog, and there's something to be said for that. Um, you know, I, I just – I hope in this situation that Adam Wainwright knows himself better than the numbers do. Because right now what Adam Wainwright is saying does not match any of the analytics. Right. So, But th- that doesn't nec- doesn't have to be that way. Like, it, 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 the, the numbers don't have to be right. Just because this is what the projections are and what the numbers have been, the next start for Adam Wainwright could be really good, and it kind of, you know, debunks some of the projections. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping. I know that Adam Wainwright believes that that's what's about to happen. So hopefully that is it. Jamie, to your point, I have seen pitchers and position players be unlucky all season long. I have also seen pitchers and position players where the metrics say, hey, this guy's been lucky. And he stays lucky the entire time. Guys can outperform their their projections and their metrics just as easily as they can underperform. I mean, there's, there's sometimes where you're like, this guy's going to turn around. This guy's going to turn around. Everything is pointing that way. And he started with a five-something ERA and finished with a six-something ERA. So Adam Wainwright can certainly outperform the projections. Mm -hmm. It's just he's going to have to be one of those exceptions. And we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll have to find out. But I don't know what you do about it. You can move, even with with the contract, you can move Steven Madsen to the bullpen. You got Matthew Libertor right now. You you can move him into Steven Madsen to the bullpen. Mm -hmm. You can make trades. You can make some moves. But if Adam Wainwright continues to pitch just like this, somebody that's going to be five and dive, give up runs, you're going to have to give big-time run support in the Daisy pitches, 
I don't know what the Cardinals do about it. This is a Cardinals legend. Yeah, I don't know what you do about it either. In his final year, by the way. And you can't move him to the bullpen because Adam Wainwright's stuff doesn't play out of the bullpen. It just doesn't. He's not. He has no swing and miss. I mean, he gets some strikeouts, but overall, his swing and miss is not there. Uh, he's not going to overpower you. So it's it's really it's quite the dilemma if things don't go the way Adam Wainwright thinks they're going to go. Yep. Because then you end up with a rotation with that with a guy that you simply aren't going to move mm-hmm. in any direction. Yep. Let's hope that Adam Wainwright is knows more than us. Oh, he does. There's no doubt well, about the, that. I mean, I yes, overall he knows yeah. way more. Yeah, than I us, mean, but, but not just about baseball, but anything in life. Pretty much everything. Yeah. But I just meant in this particular case, Anthony. Yeah. About where his game is going. That makes sense. <laughs> Cardinals, Pirates tonight. 6.05, Jack Flaherty versus Roansi Contreras. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Blues defensemen, what they have, what they should have. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. So we got into a conversation earlier today. It was an article done by The Athletic talking about each NHL team's contract or contracts that provide the least value. And a couple of those guys that wound up on the list for the Blues, Jamie, are defensemen. Now, you and Grant got into a conversation about the Blues' current defensemen and what the rest of the league or some of the other teams have in defensemen. And I thought it was interesting just kind of hearing the conversation. Jamie, a lot of things that you were focused on was really basic. It was almost at the start of it was was kind of size, size, reach, athleticism. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Blues, what are they missing there from that that standpoint? Size. And that's the pivot, right? Here's this: what happened is in 2019, you had oak trees back there. You go through the roster, you had Bo Meester and Pareko, Petrangelo, Edmondson, Carl Gunnarsson. I mean, you just had big guys, Portuzo. Yeah, you had power forwards, one through six. Your, your, yeah, your smallest guy was Vince Dunn, but even he was at, what, six feet and very agile, mobile, not afraid to hit and be physical. And so what's happened since then is you've had some changes you moved on from joel edmondson you got justin falk so maybe a better overall defenseman but a smaller guy alex petrangelo's gone you got tory krug that's a big difference <laughs> in a lot of ways big difference nick letty instead of jay Bowmeister. it's a big difference so your defense overall the the size and weight of your defense has gone down and when you look at Florida, and you look at Vegas right now, Vegas in particular, but both teams have oak trees back there. Stahl, Ekblad, Gudis. These guys are all big. Even Brandon Montour is a pretty thick dude. Like, the size of guys back there. And Vegas, Anthony, I'm going to give you their decor right now, okay? They've got, uh, what, eight guys listed here right now. Nick Hegg, 6'6", 230. And he moves around good out there. And he's tough as nails. 
you knock your front teeth in and laugh about it. Hutton, 6'3", 201. Martinez, 6'1", 210. That's the smallest guy on the back end. 6'1", 210? 6'1", 210. McNabb, 6'4", 215. Probably more like 225. Donovan's brother. Uh, Relative. Pachal, 6'2", 203. Petrangelo, 6'3", 215. Theodore, 6'2", 197. White Cloud, 6'2", 207. That's a big bunch of players right there. And the thing about them is Martinez, Petrangelo, Theodore, White Cloud, they're puck movers. They're puck movers and offensive threats. They jump into play all the time. Hag and McNabb, those guys are steady Eddie back there, big dudes. Mm-hmm. And Hag plays that way. McNabb plays that way. So when I look at the lineups and I go through both rosters and look at the the size and the construction of the decor, that's that's a big difference right now. So Jamie in Vegas, by the way, sorry, just to not not to interrupt, but just to put a, a bow yeah. on this part of it, Vegas gives up the least amount of inner slot shots of any team in the playoffs this year. Any of them? Mm-hmm. I know there's two left, but the whole playoffs. Right. Yeah. This is why. Right here, you can't get to the middle of the ice or the front of the net. Well, and I think about the Blues, too, and all the backdoor tap-ins they allowed this season. Just wide-open space in front of the net. Nobody's going to want to go to the net if you're going up against Vegas because you're going to get punished if you do. And there's if you do get the puck to the front, everybody's so big defenseman-wise that there's not a lot of space to get the puck through. So that's where the big difference is between the Blues and Vegas. Okay, so you gotta, you got a smaller defense core. We, we know what the disadvantages are. We see, we've seen this. But what are some of the advantages of having a smaller defensive core? Well, if you're going to have a smaller defensive core, you want to be really, really mobile and active. But here's where I go again. Vegas is mobile and active. Mm. Florida is mobile and active. Like, no longer in today's game is small, you know, representative of being mobile and active. You don't have to be. Look at Kale McCarr. He's not a small guy. He's mobile and active. Eric Carlson's not a small guy. He's not as big as some of these guys. But So this is where I'm headed. Is I feel like the Blues have to go in the other direction a little bit. you gotta find, you got to find some 6'2", 6'3", mobile, able defensemen. You know, like Tyler Tucker is a good start. He's a big, strong guy. He's not afraid to mix it up. Now, he's not going to be leading the charge offensively, but watch him play. He's got great offensive instincts. He's not going to wow you with his scoring touch, but you start heading in that direction. So I, there are some teams that have some smaller guys uh, on the defense, on the back end, but for me, the success, and just go back here to 2019. Go back to 2020 even, the following season, 1920, where the Blues were in first place before the bubble. Bigger defense core. Bigger. So if I'm building a roster, if I'm building a defensive core, I'm looking for some size, but not just at all cost. I'm, I am looking for these unicorns, the unicorns that are 6'2", 6'3", and can skate and move and pass and shoot and all those things. But at the same time, they take away the middle of the ice like their life depends on it. Yeah. So, that's, so that, that was just one observation for me looking at these playoffs because you always try as a hockey person certainly a general manager which i'm not um you always try to look at what has been successful Mm -hmm. 
and we, you know, the NHL, and a lot of leagues are copycat leagues. Who just won? What did that team look like? Right. Well, we need to do that. That's not necessarily the right way to do it. You can't be reactionary like that. You have to look at trends, trends from your five-year periods. If you go back five years, the Blues were part of that. What did they have? A big defensive core. Yeah. Has that always been though? Because Tampa, two years in a row. What did they do? They added size and grit on the back end. Right. McDonough, uh, Bogosian, Hedman. Like they had size, man. Some big dudes back there, and they won two in a row. Yeah. Telling you, there's something to it. Has it always been that way? Because I th- I feel like there are we we love to follow kind of the new thing. This is the new way, the new wave, and we appreciate when teams get ahead of things. Yeah. But then you think about it, and you start to fall back on things in sports. For example, pitching in baseball. We get excited about home runs and offense, especially here in St. Louis, because th- there's a stretch there where we thought we'd never see good offense ever again. But it's you're not going to win anything without pitching. Mm-hmm. There's not. Now, it doesn't. It, you don't have to have the best starting rotation, but you do have to have a couple of dudes that are pitching well, and then the rest kind of catch fire. Like Annabelle Sanchez wasn't the best pitcher in that Nationals rotation. He almost no hit you at Bush Stadium when he came here. He pitched He pitched well he in the postseason. Yep. When it comes to football, boy, it's hard to win without a quarterback and a defense. And we can talk about receivers. We can talk about, you know, uh, exciting receivers and all that stuff. But it comes down to your your coaching, your quarterback play, and the ability to get get by the the offensive line to to rush the quarterback. You know, in hockey, do you find yourself falling back on big physical defenses? The teams that typically win have big physical defenseman like Colorado a year ago yes big big defensive core Gerard was the smallest guy but he got hurt and didn't play and they put in Ian Cole who's a big solid guy let's go back okay mm-hmm. take a walk with me for a second Anthony not literally get back in your chair okay okay um the 90s size I came in in the 93 full-timer in 95 at 6-1 200 pounds, I was a small defenseman. So much so that you like people like, is he big enough? Is he big enough to play? So you had to go out and you had to play bigger than you were, which is why I can barely move every morning now when I get out of the bed. <laughs> right. All jokes aside, it's yeah, true. Right. I had to do things that a six foot four guy would do. Mm-hmm. But they were oak trees. Now the league was different. You could hook, you could hold, you could grab guys. Like there was way more leniency when it came to the obstruction penalties. That dominated throughout the, the 90s, the late 90s. You had your, your outliers with the Ray Borks and the Paul Coffees and things like that, but they were so damn good it didn't matter, mm. you know? Go to the early 2000s, there's a lockout that happened. All the penalties now are hooking, holding, obstruction. We are calling everything. So then the oak trees became dinosaurs because they had never, the oak trees never developed skills. They had size. That's all you needed. I needed to just be in the way, be tough as nails, and make sure I can make a good first pass. That's it. Yeah. That changed. Well, now you got to be able to skate. You got to be able to pass. You got to be able to help with the offense. Got to pinch. Got to gap up. Like, whoa, buddy, now I can't do that. 
So what happened? The NHL trended to smaller, agile, mobile defensemen. And there was a wave of smaller guys for a while. But now what's happened is, just like everything else, there's an evolution in life. The evolution of the hockey player now is the big guy cannot rely solely upon being big anymore, and the little guy cannot solely depend on being quick and agile and mobile. You have to be able to do it all. And this is where the smaller guy gets pushed to the side because if you have player A, who's six foot two, two fifteen, and can skate, pass, shoot, all those things, or you have player B that's five foot ten, who are you going with? You're going with the big guy. So that's the evolution of the defenseman. Now the big kids who play youth hockey, the big kids who play defense, now they're out there, they're working on their skills, they skate just as good as the small kid beside them. They pass, they stick, they stick out all the things. So there's been an evolution of players. And that evolution now is what you're seeing in the NHL to where the big, solid defensemen are just as dangerous offensively, can skate and move and do all those things too. And so that's what it is. To win in the NHL, you need a big decor, but you need them to be skilled and able to move the puck and be able to skate. There you go. So that wave now has gone back to the bigger defenseman. That's Jamie Rivers. You need a big D. You need to know what to do with it. Absolutely. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. I'm Anthony Stolitzer, Grant Francis, pinch hitting for our guy Marshy today. We do have the biggest question of the day coming up, but first we're going to play Beat the Streak. So Beat the Streak, biggest question of the day, and uh, we'll wrap things up with Fader Follow at the bottom of the hour. But Beat the Streak, biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I want to hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You're ready to hit. The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. Play beat the streak here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, and I believe our guy Bill. Wow, Bill is back. What's up, Bill? Not much. How about yourselves, gentlemen? We're doing well, man. It's a Friday. It's a Friday. He'll get it for next yeah, time. I'm doing my job, Jamie. I'm sorry, I was distracted. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. It's Friday and Walker's back, so it's all good. Yeah, oh, Friday and Walker's are back. You, That's right. uh, are you forecasting then, Bill? Are you giving us a little inside uh, tip on what you're going to pick? Uh, I don't know. All right. wants to, but I don't know. Bill, Bill goes first. Bill, are you? Is this I, your second I, pick? Yeah. Okay, right, so, so you so you were, you were on with us last Friday. So Bill's not first then. No. You are. I believe I am. Then me. Then Jamie. Then Bill. Then Bill. Then Grant. Then Grant filling in for Marshy. Okay. I think Jack is going to throw well tonight. So I'm going to go with a Cardinal, and I'm going to go with Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan is my pick to continue oh, my streak. Yeah. That was my pick the other day. Remember I said Donnie, lead off. Yes, lead off. That's hit. what it was. There you yeah. go. All right. All right, so I got Brendan Donovan. Jamie. All right. Uh, I, I also am going to go with a lefty here today. Show a lot of confidence in this young man. He's well-rested. BT talked about it. Nolan Gorman, Storman Gorman. He's going to be my home run and a hit. It's going to be all at the same time. Anthony's going to bat third. He's going to hit a home run. And just and I'm just going to sit back and have another old-fashioned. That was going to happen anyways. All right, Bill. Point. Bill, go for it. Well, if Gorman's going to hit a home run, we need to have somebody on in front of him. Since Donovan's not going to get a hit because what? you picked him. Son of a... I got, I'm the leader, Bill. 
I'll, I'll go with Goldschmidt. There you go. I don't, I don't think I needed the insult just for you to get Goldschmidt out, but way to go, Bill. Bill, I like it. You just keep on insulting Anthony. We're fine with it. All right, Grant, go for yeah. it. Bill, I really thought you were going to take my guy. I'm doubling down on Jordan Walker here. All right, there you go. I thought about it. Grant is going all narrative here. It's I like it. It's going to be a 110-mile-an-hour missile. <laughs> Seven feet in front of the home plate. It's going to find its way through. No, it's not. He's fixed. He's going to hit a home run. All right, uh, Bill, good luck, man. Have a great weekend. Hopefully, we'll talk to you on Monday. Very good, sir. You guys have a great one, too. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Bill. He's playing Beat the Streak, and he has Paul Goldschmidt tonight. Uh, Jamie went with this guy, Nolan Gorman. Grant picking for Marshy. He went with Jordan Walker, and I took Brendan Donovan. Time for the biggest question of the day. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, guys, earlier when we were talking about uh, the Oakland A's moving to Vegas and what's trending, we got a mic drop from Nathan. And it's not really a question, but I thought it was a great prompt to set us up for the biggest question of the day. Ooh, okay. Hey, Jamie, uh, just wanted to drop... A line uh, to you here and tell you that I disagree. I don't think uh, Oakland uh, is going to do great in Vegas. I don't know that they are saving money and stockpiling so that they can buy a bunch of talent when they move. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to matter. You brought up the point about uh, the Golden Knights and how well they are. Yeah, they're an expansion team. I mean, they basically were able to pick an all-star team with the expansion draft. Uh, they've made a bunch of bad contract signings, and they are going to be hamstrung in the near future, just like Chicago was with the Kane and Taves contracts. So uh, we'll see what Vegas does as a fan base to support the Golden Knights in a couple years when they're no good. That's what I want to see. Well, Bill, I don't really like your attitude. <laughs> oh, it's a Friday. Come on. He's, it's Friday. He's listening. We his, appreciate him. The tone of his voice was he was very negative, Anthony. You know, you should recognize You that. know what, Jamie? Sometimes when somebody is just speaking their truth, mm-hmm. you interpret it to be negative. Well, I interpreted Bill just speaking his you truth. You don't think that had a little top spin on it? Oh, he's fine. Really? He really? may have, might have Jordan Walker top spinned it a little bit. A little sure. Bit. Yeah. Did it come off the, the bat at 108? Yeah. Straight but to the ground. Still. Um, all right. So, Grant, do you have a question to follow up with that, or, or am I just going to comment on what he said? Really just commenting on what he said and how you think the A's are going to do fan base-wise, and when he mentioned the Golden Knights, too, about when they are yeah. not as good, if you think they're going to really support Vegas or the Golden Knights still. Okay, so a couple of things to unpack with with all this stuff. And Bill, I'm just messing with you. I appreciate the mic drop, buddy. I hope you have a fantastic. His name was Nathan, by the way. I thought it was Bill. Bill was, Bill beat, was the our beat the streak. Oh yep. well, Bill, I like you too. But Nathan, I appreciate the the mic drop. Um, I'm just bugging you a little bit here on Friday. But so if I look at the A's becoming the Las Vegas franchise, I don't think you can move a franchise and be that bad. I don't think you can continue the insanity of being terrible of being everybody's minor league team in major league i don't think you can do that oakland was one thing but now look at go back oakland had a rich history of success they had a lot of really good teams for a long time and they just threw in the towel here why because they wanted to get out of there the owners wanted a new stadium they weren't going to get it so after that they're like 
we don't even care call up player of whatever from whatever league i don't care play him where ow pitcher like they didn't care <laughs> he's a third baseman i don't think smart businessmen who have enough money to own a major league baseball team doesn't mean they're the richest owners in the league i don't think they make this move and go and completely crap the bed as a franchise i think they do make some additions i think they do up their payroll i think they do absolutely want to make a splash in that area because you've got to try and match the intensity of the fan base now of the vegas golden knights and the vegas raiders if you come in there with a boring bleh product who the hell wants to go to that why would you there's a lot to do in vegas going to a crappy baseball game will not be one of them so i think that by default they're going to have to put at least a competitive ish team in the first year anthony i'll give the ball to you in a second um as far as the golden knights are concerned they're fine they're not going to have what happened to the blackhawks they've got two guys and this goes back to roster construction we went over this a couple weeks ago remember mm-hmm. vegas has 10 million and 9.5 committed to eichel and stone after that everything's manageable five million is the next contract that's manageable on the back end, you've got Petrangelo at 8.8. After that, everything's manageable. So Vegas Golden Knights are going to be fine. Two, three years from now, the cap's going way up. You've got some contracts here that are really on the cheap. Vegas will be fine. That management group has done an excellent job of maneuvering through cap hell. It's, it's the difference between gathering talent at any cost and building a team. And it's, it's a fine line because when you have a, a clear need for an upgrade so at, at any position, and I'm talking about any sport, you're willing to spend sometimes. But then these contracts start to add up, and then you're in a, you're in a tough spot, and then you have to start to unload some of these contracts. The Patriots did it well. Yes, but they saved a lot with Brady. Brady never took the top dollar amount. Brady never put them in a spot like some of these other quarterbacks did with other franchises by soaking up most of the cap. But Belichick up until Brady left, was always building a team. And if he needed to move on from a player, he always made sure the contract was was easily movable or digestible from a cap standpoint. He built the team. He built their roster. And I think, Jamie, when you describe it, and you know Vegas' roster much much better than I do, It's that sounds like that's what Vegas did. They built a team. They didn't just acquire talent. No, they, they used a lot of the players that they strategically took in the expansion draft, which they still have a number of these guys. Riley Smith, Marcia So Carlson, those are three of your top five players up front, and they're from the original expansion team. So they did their homework there. They have William Carrier as a carryover from the expansion. You've got a lot of McNabb, uh, Martinez, although they traded for Martinez, but they've added some guys here. Like, they really have done a good job at building that roster, maintaining it, moving on from certain pieces that they had to move on from mm-hmm. in order to escape cap hell. I think this team's going to be competitive for the foreseeable future. All right, that's your biggest question of the day. We have Fader Follow next. And we'll put a bow on this show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for FanDuel Fade or Follow on the Fast Lane. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Everyone follow us. Don't fade, don't fade. Money, 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 money.
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Time to play Fade or Follow. And our latest contestant is John. What's up, John? What's going on, fellas? Everything good in your world? Absolutely. It's Friday. It's Friday. You going out to the Home Run Derby tomorrow? Um, No graduation parties all weekend. Okay. All right. That makes sense. You're going to be with us in spirit, though. Well, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right. Uh, okay, so John is going to listen to our play for tonight, and he's going to decide whether he wants to fade us, which means he's going to uh, bet against us, essentially, or follow us. And tonight, the Cardinals will take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jack Flaherty's total for strikeouts is five and a half. We believe he's going to get over that total. We do. Jimmy. I'm joking. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm going to follow that. All right, so he's got to get at least six strikeouts tonight. Now, Flaherty is coming off a performance. His most recent start. Uh, let's get this up here. His most recent start was a excellent one, and he has pitched well of late here. All right, so his, his uh, Cle- start against Cleveland, he had four Ks. He had five Ks against the Dodgers, but the Dodgers obviously a very good lineup. He had 10 strikeouts against the Brewers. If you go back to that, he hasn't faced the Pirates this season, but a Pirates lineup that does have some strikeout ability in it. So he's got to get at least six strikeouts. Are you following us? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yes. John's following us, boys. Here we go. All right, so good luck tonight. If Flaherty has at least six strikeouts, you're going to get $50 in FanDuel credit. And you'll be back next week for another chance for 50 bucks. Sound good? Sounds, sounds great. All right, John. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Have a good weekend. All enjoy right. enjoy all the graduation parties. Same thing to you. I right, appreciate it. There you go. All right. That's John here in Fader Follow. I think Flaherty's going to pitch well tonight. Yeah. No. You don't think so? No. Because the Pittsburgh Pirate lineup, the juggernaut, that is the the Buccos lineup? No, the trend for Jack Flaherty has been one-on, one-off. One-on, one-off. And if I'm looking at trends, Anthony, that would mean this game would be a uh, less than favorable game for Jack. I don't hope that. So let me make it clear. My prediction ain't pretty. He's going to dominate faces. I believe that. Grant, you dom- you believe that too, right? Yeah, I'll yeah, believe that. Yeah, that a boy. That'd be nice. What? I mean, you, you say the attitude. You know, he says all the oh, time. Grant, really? he sits there. Oh, Anthony, negative. You should know. You're negative. This, and then he just sits there and he spews his crap. At, at five, negative. at five fifty-one on a Friday. Thank you, Grant. Well said. On five fifty-one, five fifty-one on a Friday. I didn't know honesty was viewed as negativity. Now, well, apparently it if is. You just want me to give my. If you want your opinion to be the only one, and me to just say what you say and agree with you all the time, Anthony. Boy, that's going to be fun. Jamie, it's not what you say. Is this say. why all the other people can't work with you? It's how you say it. You watch it. I know. That's okay. what I'm worried about. I'll get rid of you for three months again, okay? I know. I know who to call. I know, Anthony. Fine. We'll yeah, Flurry's going to be great. There. Better? We'll see if your paperwork is in order this time. <laughs> If you missed anything from today's show, I make sure you download the podcast. Anthony's kidding, by the way. At 101ESPN.com. <laughs> or the 101 ESPN mobile app. Uh, it's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Had some fun today. 
Unfortunately, we gave out another gauntlet trophy. I gave out one yesterday. Jamie gave out one today. Didn't score a point, which is a rough one. Guy's a good pitcher. <laughs> you know what? If you're going to go out, you go out that way. Yeah. That was embarrassing. No, you're fine. We do hope we see a lot of people at the Home Run Derby tomorrow, too. Car Shield Fields in O'Fallon Moe. It's us versus the Rizzuto Show. And by us, I mean Jamie and I, Matt Rocchio, and Brooke Grimsley from the opening drive. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be joining us this year. They're down Riz. They'll have King Scott, Moon, Rafe, and Learn. And Learn apparently was talking a ton of smack today. Yeah. And Rafe, I mean, Rafe, we, we kind of figured. I mean, Rafe has been snorting pre-workout for the last couple of weeks just get just in in preparation for this event now i don't know what doing pre-workout just the drink we'll just do for eating it, just eating it I, I don't know you usually have to add the workout in typically rafe missed that part that's not happening. yeah he missed that part so i don't know how he's gonna prepare but we knew he was talking smack to yeah. hear that learn was also doing it uh was you know jamie it's disappointing yeah i'm not a, i'm not angry offended just disappointed confused yeah too. confused because there's you know saying different things to our faces and then other things behind our back yeah that just didn't add up anthony i didn't the, like it the learn from Keishi would never act this way no you're right anthony you're right you know we get her in the the, the point studio down there and all of a sudden air of supremacy mm. you know I don't know if you've been in that point studio, Jamie. I'm not allowed in there anymore. Yeah, they said we don't like your kind. Oh, they just said, no, we're good. It was yep. the new people, too, that said it. Mm -hmm. It was Rafe and Learn. Like, no, no, we don't. Yeah. Crew only. It's like, what? It's disappointing. Just to be on this show from time to time. Every once in a while. Yeah. All right, uh, Grand Francis, nice job today filling in for Marsh. We appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. I always have fun on this show. You're not done, though. You got criticisms and compliments. I know, I what know. do you got for us? Well, Lisa, talking about the home run derby a little bit. Have a super weekend. All have fun tomorrow night. Nice. Lisa's going to be there. All right. Lisa's one of our, our biggest supporters. She does a great job. And if she's there, I've, I'm pretty confident. Anthony, what? Will you feel nervous? If you're the the last one to bat, and we need your home runs, knowing that Lisa's going to be judging you to see if you're clutch or not. No, because that that really, Lisa's got a point. If you're not going to do it in the clutch, why bother? I agree, but are you going to be nervous that you won't be able to do that? I don't know how I'm going to be feeling. All I know is that I trust in my ability. I trust myself, and I don't have to make any throws from short, so I should be fine. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to, you should have said, I trust in my teammates, too, that I'm not going to have to really save the day. I'm just going to have to hit a couple because they're going to do so well. But it's okay. Anthony. I thought that was implied. Sometimes, you know, what you're thinking, I need to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a given. <laughs> Did you just set me up? No, I didn't do that. <laughs> Should have seen that coming. I didn't.
Go ahead, Grant. I think, by the way, everybody that goes to the Home Run Derby tomorrow should be sending in mic drops evaluating your guys' performances. Oh, Grant, that's a great idea. I Please think that'd do. be fun. That is a great idea. Videotape it. Put it out there. Let's go, yeah. baby. Like, I want to hear the most passionate Lisa just getting ticked off at you guys if you're not, you know. Of course, you're going to be performing fine, but if you don't, I want to hear that. Yeah. I'm not worried at all. No, me either. Jamie, you had a great showing last year. I'm not even going to stretch. Let's go. Now I know our guy Brooksy, too. I know he pitches. I'm ready for him this year. Does a lion need to stretch when he takes down a gazelle? I don't think so. Jamie, Drag uh, it back and eat, baby. Rough gauntlet for you today. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) Moron. Jamie couldn't even get one. I'm not mad at you, Jamie. I'm just disappointed in you. I am, too. We're some texts. Yeah. So... Let me say this about my guy, Jamie. He is more disappointed in himself than you are disappointed in him. Okay? There's nobody that holds himself more accountable than Jamie Rivers. And when he puts together a piss-poor gauntlet like he did today, Hmm. he is going to think about it all weekend. Well, I am now. And if I know my guy, Jamie, is going to soak his clothes in water, put them on the AC... And then put them back on and sleep with them as punishment. Yeah. That's what our guy Dunk used to do. I'm going to be miserable on purpose. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you tomorrow night. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.